This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. This episode is brought to you by Xfinity Mobile. Learn how existing customers can save hundreds when you buy one unlimited line and get one unlimited intro line free for one year. Plus, now through February 27th, ask how to get up to $800 off the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Free unlimited line offer ends March 21st. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Surprise! Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. I told you. We were gonna be friends to the end. And now, it's time to play. I got a new game, sport. It's called Hide the Soul. And guess what? You're it. From the Playland Fire in Sweet Home Chicago to a coming of rage in Hackenslash, New Jersey, we are Halloweenies. Rachel Rhonda Reeves, and I'm your new Halloweenies up all night host. You see, I was the obvious choice because they wanted someone who knows their way around a horror movie. <laughs> but listen, Rachel is more than just a pretty big cinephile. I also love TV. Can you believe it? So today, I thought I'd Rachel size things a little bit and have us talk about both movies that haunted our television sets. But don't be scared. We're going to try and keep things spoiler-free, because who doesn't like a happy ending, right? <laughs> Instead, we're going to push up our glasses and see if we can figure out why some movies make a successful leap to the small screen, why some fumble what seems like a sure thing, and why some never even try. I know, it's a lot. But thankfully, 
I've got some cuddly couch companion co-hosts to help me. First up, it's our genuine spooky season birthday boy from Chicago. Say hi and tell us, what did you ask the Wishmaster for this year? Hey, this is Justin Gilbert Godfrey Gerber, and (laughs) I asked the Wishmaster to be the fifth Ramon. Oh. That's a real deep cut for all of you old USA <laughs> Up All Night fans. When Gilbert Godfrey kept saying he was the fifth Ramon, I believe it was during the Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge airing on USA Up All Night. What an absolute... And the Ramones cameoed. The Ramones <laughs> totally cameoed. Inappropriate. Yeah, and that was the first time niche. I ever... That was the first time I ever uh, saw the Ramones or even heard of the Ramones. I thought they were a fake band for the bit. I had not realized <laughs> he got them to do the sketches for that, uh, that episode. So, yeah, that's what I asked for, to be the fifth Ramon. Amazing. Love it. And so glad you know my friend Gilbert, too. Mm -hmm. Such a nice guy. Next, it's our resident Boo Bucket champion. (laughs) Introduce yourself and please tell us what your go-to Happy Meal order looks like. All right, Mac, go for it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is Michael McTaylor Rothman. I'm very excited to talk about Boo Buckets because I've, uh, I've been a Boo Bucket <laughs> scholar and aficionado uh, since I was little. It's always got to be that single cheeseburger, you know? And especially nowadays when McDonald's has gotten so gung-ho about being healthy, oh, which is... Only a, adults buy, only children allowed to buy the Boo Buckets? Well, I wish that, that should be the case because then it would save me money. Or not even save me money. These things are like five bucks, but like it would save me time. And who doesn't? What is more important than time? But yeah, the single hamburger, I don't really like... I mean, I, I'll, if I, get, I like the Happy Meals because the French fries are small, and I don't really eat mm-hmm. a lot of French fries, so I, I have that. And then, winner, you get apple slices. But here's the deal. Hey, McDonald's, where are the, the boo toys, like the spooky toys? Like, mm-hmm. I, want some, I want some, like, McNuggets with some, like, ghost <laughs> masks and, and Dracula oh, McNuggets. Yeah. You know? why, don't they, why don't they bring that back? Those were yeah, huge. You know? They're probably too satanic for the families out there, I guess. <laughs> well, as we discussed prior to the recording, McDonald's might be on uh, the edge a little bit because we've been seeing some locations close down. So, you know, just yeah, absolutely. The McDonald's are danger. They're going to haunting some places yeah. soon. Yeah. We have to introduce... Aren't there four boot buckets now? Have there always been four? Am I mixing that up with used to be Season just, of the Witch? I feel like it used to just be three, but then this year they expanded it to include... Um, the the purple bucket, which is what I got in my oh. first round this year, which is awesome. So did uh, Jen, uh, the Rage Two Adams. So we were, nice. big Rachel day. Ronda, Rachel Ronda Reeves. I'd like to amend my birthday wish. Okay, I'd like for there to be a Wishmaster boo bucket. Oh man, <laughs> just like it's it's like not smooth at all. It's like no. really ridgy and gross to hold. You can't hold it. It's like no. falls off. You know, that's my wish. It weighs I like, like it. five pounds. <laughs> Be careful what you eat for my food bucket. My food bucket. Mommy, I don't like this bucket. Give me food poisoning. Oh, God. Three oh. wishes. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, we've got the world's premier scholar on Red 2. I know, right? Say hi and tell us, would you watch a subspecies TV show? Mm. Oh, this is a, a oh, teen Wolfman Mac. <laughs> oh, I yes, I am a scholar on on Radu. Would I watch a, a subspecies show? Is that the question? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And let me tell you, 
that absolutely lends itself to a television <laughs> series. Uh, I mean, as much much of the films just feel like you know one long <laughs> film, <laughs> as as it was shot essentially like that too. Yeah, and then I wanted to touch on Justin's Wishmaster Boo Bucket would love a Radu Bucket, and also. Mike, if I'm with you and, uh, you know, you're eating those McDonald's fries, I'll have the rest of them. If you, you don't em. like eating the fries, I love the fries at yeah. McDonald's. Love yeah. those salty, salty fries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're too soggy. That's the only problem. No, no, no. Ew, so you, you're into that <laughs> gross. Okay. Gross. I like, I like to just, I like to leave the fries at the bottom of the, of the bag and then I like to pour a little soft drink on top of them. <laughs> you know, you like know the, the grease rips the bag through. Well, McDonald's has been, you know, really championing these, uh, I don't know, pop star meals or whatever they are. And we should have a Wolfman Mac meal. And it's mm-hmm. just like oh. the rest of my French fries and then uh, the like rest a, of Mike's French fries. Yeah, it's the. In my bag, drenched <sighs> in, in soda pop. And, and in it would be like a bucket <laughs> in a wishmaster yeah. bucket. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Fun. just the Andrew Divoff face. Actually, it's not even the wishmaster no, it's, itself. It's Divoff it's not from the gin. from Toy Story, uh, Toy Soldiers, from Toy Soldiers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long stringy yeah. hair. Yeah, just screams uh, right. at you. Or a still McDonald's. shot of him. Yeah. Well, there's your long intro, everybody. Hit, hit us your, up. Hit us up. Sponsor your, us. <laughs> playing, your bingo card. Yeah. Okay, so. Rhonda's got to go because I can't keep this up the whole time. But thank you guys for <laughs> Rhonda's with great. Me. I love Rhonda, Rhonda Shears. I, mm-hmm. I again USA up all night. My yeah. my childhood we watched a, many a many a horror movie on mm-hmm. USA up all night for sure. Oh, yes, and Posted all those clips. She's got a very active YouTube. So if you guys are interested, go check her out. Oh man, total nostalgia. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so before we dive into this episode today, I did want to let all of our listeners know that while we will probably mention the Chucky series, we'll be saving that larger conversation for the standalone ep that's coming soon. So you guys don't worry here. And, you know, that obviously deserves a whole episode all to itself, and it's gonna get it. So no spoilers, nothing in depth on the Chucky, but it did inspire us to kind of want to dive into this idea a little bit more. I think it's really interesting because... We touched on it a little bit with the Evil Dead series. You guys were pitching some shows that you thought deserved a TV series. And I'm just kind of interested about this whole idea because, you know, what makes it into a TV show is what works, what doesn't, why some things work, why some things don't. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And kick it off, I did want to touch on a little bit of history around this kind of this idea of horror movies spawning TV shows. But... Before I do that, I did want to ask you guys, because I'm genuinely curious, do you personally find yourself drawn to shows based on TV or based on movies, TV shows based on movies? Or do you hear these announcements, at least, you know, recently, and do they make you roll your eyes? Or do you generally just prefer original serialized content? Like, where do you fall on these kind of series? I mean, not to not to split the difference, but I, I, I'm very dependent now on word of mouth or Metacritic, whether it's original content or not. Now I'll say like, based on what I've been, I think based on what a lot of us have been hearing, like this is not breaking news, but I think we have reached a tipping point on this onslaught of new programs that have been coming at us for the last five to 10 years because of the strike and, and, and the new, the new writers rooms, how they're going to be hiring people, et cetera, et cetera. That's for other podcasts for people to listen to. So I do think that we're going to be getting fewer shows going forward, and it will ultimately be easier 
to follow and then take a chance on more shows. So I guess that's where I am right now. There's just too much. Yeah. And you know, and if you don't like one thing, if you don't like the first episode for me, because there's so much out there, that's it. I'm, I'm out, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I look at it almost as, especially nowadays, where like, if you ever look at your insights on, on Instagram, especially, it'll show you like a wavelength and it'll say follow and then unfollow. And I feel like if you did that same graph, with shows announced, shows canceled, <laughs> that like two years ago, it would have been like through the roof green as shows announced. Now it's like opposite. I get like pretty much almost every other hour each day, especially the last couple of weeks and the last few weeks actually because of the, the, the strike and all, just, hey, it's canceled now. You know, the show that rare, barely got it off to any start is gone. Yeah. You know, the... These these shows that I know for a fact were so heavily marketed and so, you know, injected in, in in the pop culture consciousness. But you know, I think they've largely realized that a they are there are too many streamers, and then there there's just way too much content. I mean, I keep laughing that like Taylor Sheridan just keeps fucking doling out shows and i and to his you know i love sharing wow. and i actually i actually like yellowstone but i haven't you know i guess i haven't found the 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 year or two to be able to catch up with all the other spinoffs of that series but yeah it just no. that just feels like a an it just it just feels like a recipe for disaster whenever they're doing this and i think the, the long game here is that yeah, Justin's right. There are going to be less shows that come out, and I think honestly, there are going to be some absorption that's going to happen with some of these streamer net, streaming networks, also because we've already seen it happening with Paramount and, and Showtime, uh, and that's most mostly a big cable to digital or cable to streaming thing. But I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So Peacock yeah. Max, keep an eye out. Oh God, yeah, for real, yeah. Max I, Cock. I, <laughs> I, not not this Mac. Max I was, say, I was Max. like, I was like, um, that's already been coined, and that website is already out. No, ultimately, yeah, I'm I'm more drawn to stuff like Penny Dreadful, you know, more yeah. uh, uh, new takes on old classics. I'm not as drawn to films turned TV. It's 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 hard. I mean, there's definitely good stuff out there, and we'll get into that. But I'm usually really weary of it because usually I hold some of that stuff in such so close to my heart that it's like, Ooh, I don't know. What are you going to do with this? You know? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and how often is there something good that comes from that? Right. So I'm always really weary about that, but I will say, yeah, in terms of, you know, there being too much content out there, my frustration right now with this stuff is even if I see something that I like, there's no guarantee that I'll see the next season within yeah. the next five years. Like there's exactly. some weird, there's this weird disconnect now where the next season may come out in three, three years from now. So it's like, I'm going to binge something for like a week or two, then never, then not see the second seasons for three years. Like I, you just forget everything. The way yeah. that you consume content now, there's no room to retain all that stuff. Sometimes I'll, it'll take me like three episodes to get into the third season of a show and be like, Oh yeah, that, that's that guy's name. Because you just don't have the room to remember all the details from these things when you're binging them, or maybe that's just my age showing through. But no, no, you're it's, right. It's really frustrating. Right. Like like The Last of Us, you know. Like I enjoyed that, and I was like, Oh, cool, cool. Season two would be cool. And obviously with the writer strike, you know that plays a part in that. 
but they were already saying that it wasn't going to come out for another like year and a half or something. I was like a year and a half. Like, haven't we learned from the Sopranos mistake of, you know, all those weird time jump time frames in between and the spacing. Well, and it kind of killed Atlanta's legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. I finished the show. I don't know anybody else that finished it. I don't know anybody I even watched the third and fourth season. Yeah. I was hey, like, I and that was the it. show of the, of the moment. For I was a like front row there. center for that show. And I, yeah, yeah, I still incredible. never finished those last two seasons. And it still ends really good. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just totally left the public consciousness because we had all moved on. I think you it know? really depends on the demand. I mean, like something like Stranger Things has proven twice now that they can go three years and come back and still be the blockbuster event. Like I was very doubtful about it for, I was very doubtful for it for four especially. I thought three, okay, I get it. They they needed to figure things out and they delivered because I I just think first personally I think that's the best ending and it should have ended there, but. You know, when four was announced and pushed back and largely because of COVID, it's kind of wild that Hollywood's had, had been hit with delays from COVID and a strike, the, the most massive strike since what, the late 80s. And, you know, I saw, but then four came out and it was literally the most talked about thing for like two but months. But you know, I, I, weirdly, I think the the distance between those seasons has actually helped it because mm-hmm. yeah. even if you weren't big on the second or third season, enough time has passed where you're like, you forgot you're yeah. ready, you a, you forget or B you're just kind of like, Oh yeah, I want to check this out again. Like, Oh, it, oh, it reminds me of the stuff I did like, and you don't really remember the stuff you didn't like, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's actually kind of helped that. I guarantee this next season because it's going to take, you know, who knows how long it will take for it to come out will do really well again because it enough time has passed where it's like, I'm ready for it. Kind of like the James Bond stuff, you know, it goes away for a while, then it comes back. It doesn't matter if the last one was garbage. Yeah. You're like excited for it again. Oh, it's this IP. Uh, wow. I like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that goes on back the, to your question. Yeah. yeah. On the, on the flip side too, it's like, there's so much, you don't even have a second to breathe. So you can't yeah. keep up with everything. And then my problem is True. I like, it's like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll get to that. Um, in a minute mm-hmm. and then you hear oh it's already been canceled so it's like well why am i gonna go back and watch that yeah. <laughs> like, totally. it's already been canceled it's only one season so i just move on and but it, it doesn't have a chance to even have any sort of like like weeks sometimes like some shows are canceled before they even have are done with all the season stuff. yeah, yeah <laughs> so it's, it's, it's so weird it has to explode um, out the gate now i feel like and if it doesn't it's they just pull it. Like, it's all right, over. next. It's all yep. or and then like remove it from the service. Even it's just like done. I know, which is <laughs> I mean, really fresh and new too. Mm-hmm. You know, but Rachel, you, you said that you were more drawn to to I'm, original stuff, or yeah, it it kind of depends. Like I love like the Penny Dreadful. I love things that are inspired mm-hmm. by genre stuff. Sometimes if it it has to be something special, if it's actually based on a movie, I'm looking at who's making this, yeah. who's writing this. Who's the team behind this? You know, like Flanagan, sign me up. Like I'm, I'm into it. You know that kind of stuff. But if it's something else, and I don't know who any of these people are, and it just feels kind of weird, like that, it doesn't matter what the property is necessarily. It's almost like the team behind it. So I, it's, I don't know, it's hit or miss for me. But it's not a sure thing. Like just because I love a property doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. If I'm like, no, this looks depressing. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I see what you're saying about the showrunner thing too. Yeah. That's true. I, I still, it's if it if it's a showrunner's work I've loved, I'll check it out. Like yeah. I really like the last few Damon Lindelof things. So if Damon okay. Lindelof is going to do something, I'm probably going to check it out. Did yeah. you watch? It, did you watch the Romanoffs? No, that was our boy <laughs> from uh, Mad Men. That wasn't. Yeah, it? yeah. That was uh, Mark. Yeah. I, I Matthew Weiner. I, I am drawn more to original stuff. But I think to, to Justin's point earlier, so much of my prioritization to your point, Rachel, of just like having so much stuff, what is going to be next in my queue 
God, I mean, not to toot her own horn, but podcasts. Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. what what people are talking about on podcasts. I'm like, well, like, mm, I yes. like I like having this as a pastime. I don't want to go. It, it's it's kind of weird. It's just, I was thinking about this today because I was on my walk. I go running in the morning every day, and I was thinking like, God, if I don't have an episode, I, I don't know what to do. I, I I just can't listen to music when I'm running because then I go to that pace. But so I like podcasting for that very reason. And there'll be days that sometimes it's like my shows that I love deliver an episode that is about something I have I haven't a haven't been able to watch before or b I've heard about it but I haven't gotten to it yet. And those two things are certainly bump a lot of things in the queue for me where I'm like, all right, I got to I got to finally listen to this. Like uh justify or or something could come back that's legacy and I've heard so much about it but it's always been in my queue for 10 years like justified. Like justified's like a yeah. top 5 show now for me, but it would it was in my queue for over 10 years. And I finally got to it because of City Primeval. And then also, like I was mentioning, like the podcast started talking about it. Like, and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta catch it. I gotta do this now. And that's big push for me at this point because it really does cut through the fat. And then it also kind of ensures that even if you might not like the show or love the, or not like the show, but love the show, at least you're hearing some fun insights from people that you trust and you like. And I think that's a big part of it for me. All right, so you guys know that I've been trying to lose weight lately. You know, I've been yeah. kind of uh, on the bigger side for most of my life, but I've I've been able to drop a lot of weight because I've been trying to eat healthier. You look good. Th- thank you. you the problem good. is, is I can't cook at all. Like I'm basically I know. just make I've like tasted your food. I don't know if you guys ever heard of factor meals before. Yeah. No. Okay. So factor meals, it's like these easy, ready to eat meals that they'll send to your house. I'm oh, sure nice. you've heard of services that do yes, this type yes, of yes, 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 where sure. they send food, and it's this. What I actually really liked about factor is it's like it has to be kind of idiot proof for me because I can't cook or do anything, but it's like ready in two minutes. It literally comes everything together. You don't have to like make anything. Wrap? It's it's all put together in its own thing. Two minutes. It's not frozen, which actually makes it awesome. Oh, nice. You know, the frozen food. Yeah. It comes like in a box. It's like chilled, like yeah. with chill the cooling stuff. But uh, you got all kinds. So I did the keto one, but they also have like calorie smart protein plus. They've even got like, so my wife ended up really liking these, these like energy shots okay. that they put, they put in the box that we ordered where she, it's literally like just a little shot of different kinds of energy shots that were awesome that sounds amazing was, i always was like i'd see these commercials or i'd hear commercials for stuff but i thought factor meal seemed like something that was really threading that needle and would have been really really perfect for me but dude they had like pancakes smoothies you who know, doesn't love pancakes dinners and stuff like that yeah. so they have breakfast they got like midday snacks and I, so i thought it was like perfect. get it in get it done yeah. boom if you're just looking for yeah. like fast premium options and you don't have to really cook or be able to do anything sure factor is awesome for that kind of stuff and i thought the in the quality of the meals restaurant quality meals that i just could like heat and eat dude so it's not like you're you know your frozen stuff you get at the grocery store so if you guys want to try factor meals i'd say go for it because it's really helped me out and i i was actually really surprised all you guys have to do is head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 that's five zero to get 50% off that's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off guys give it a try that's half I know really yeah okay so let's do a quick history lesson on these kind of shows that are tied to movies so and in the world of horror this trend of shows following movies is Actually, kind of relatively recent one. I mean, big picture, right? <laughs> relatively <laughs> recent. And, you know, obviously TV has a rich history of genre-centric projects, but I'm talking specifically about those tied to a, you know, pre-existing quote-unquote cinematic source. 
And I also think it's important to note that I am including and will probably mention some projects where books, comic books, or video games serve as kind of the ultimate ground zero source material, but where the films have played huge roles and um, Mm -hmm. have a lot to do with these shows' existence. So the first one I'm going to mention in this little history lesson is a little debatable, but I thought it was worthy of mention, and that's Kolchak, The Night Stalker Mm. from 1974. And I'm curious if any of you have even seen it. I have seen it because they made, I feel like they made some TV movies. I think maybe the, t- the pilot was made into a TV, was like a TV movie. Because so, that would be on TV a lot. Yeah. So the series came out because there were two made-for-TV films ah, and they were super popular. There you go. And then, um, so that, those were The Night Stalker and The Night Strangler. Mm-hmm. And they have vampires, you guys. So yes, it's a horror thing. It's <laughs> true. There was. Inspired X-Files, I remember, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was hugely influential. And so they were made for TV movies, but still the series came after that. And then it's kind of it's some it's weird. There's some time that passes before we see this idea again. It's not until the 80s. Then we get the real Ghostbusters in 1986 animated. Mm. Uh, Friday the 13th, Sans Jason. Not mad about that at all. Uh, 1987. And Freddy's Nightmares, 88. And Beetlejuice also animated in 89. Mm. That's pretty much it, which is kind of crazy. Then get a little break in the early 90s. Before we get some real winners like Poltergeist, The Legacy in 96, The Hunger, (laughs) loosely based on the movie in 97, Uh, although Bowie narrated it, I think, the second season, which is crazy. Oh, weird. Um, Weird. It's wild. Here's the next episode. Scott Free Productions was involved, so I think it counts. The Crow series in 98. There's a few other international projects. Some cool Japan stuff, by the way, like some cool things in Japan. But the unarguable champion of the 90s was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which premiered in 97. But other than Queen Buffy, it's kind of bleak. (laughs) And it stays that way. So sure, we get the Dead Zone, 2002, Tremors, 2003, and Blade on Spike. Remember Spike? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it? I forgot the guy's name. It was a rapper from the, the band Onyx, the rap, the rap band yeah. Onyx, who did Slam. What's his name? God, that's going to drive me crazy. He <laughs> oh, no, it, was, it was Sticky Fingers. Blade. Sticky Fingers. Yeah. Sticky Fingers okay. from, from Onyx. Yes, yes. All right. Well, that was in 2006, but, but that's about good, it. Good poster. <laughs> um, so it's not really until the 2010s when we finally see things explode with a ton of content. So the last 13 years, really. And there's so many that I'm not going to list them or anything, but I'm sure that we'll mention him. So let's get into it. I want to set the scene a little bit because we can't have possibly all seen all of these 30 plus TV shows. I want to know, I want you each to tell us briefly, what are your top three shows Mm. based on horror movies and what have been your top three disappointments? Not worse, Mm -hmm. but just like, hmm, bummer. Sure, sure. Top three. It's not done yet, but I was still going to put it up there. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I think it's just incredibly good. I, I'm surprised. I just can't believe every season. I'm like, this is still going. It's a one note joke, you know, essentially, but they've made so their funny, mark. Though. They've made a way. They've figured it out to uh, continue it and make it really funny and quality. So that is weirdly one of them. We won't go into it, but. Chucky. (laughs) Again, again, I haven't seen the whole thing, but so far, so great. And for me, 
Hannibal. I know uh, some some folks uh, thought that you know missed missed the landing, but uh, I I still think that whole ride was just so good and yeah. intense mm. and really well done. What about your disappointments? Disappointments. We kind of you had this listed on here. I it's kind of it's not really it's kind of loosely. I get Castle Rock. I know. Yeah. It's, it's and, question and, mark. And, and more more aware it heads unless the for the first season I liked most of it, but the, it just kind of was like, uh, eh, this is like fanfic. Constantine. Mm. Oh. I'm a huge Hellblazer fan. Love the the graphic novel and was really bummed. It could have gone I love the guy is good. The guy is really good in it, but it could have been so much better. You know it. <laughs> I love Stephen King. <laughs> The Mist. <laughs> Man, that show could have been really intense and really good. Weren't we watching that? Weren't we, we the only that. ones that watched that? Like, <laughs> I, I think so. it was we that. watched the screeners. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. We yeah. had screeners of yeah. that. Yeah. Rough. And, and, then, was... and then they stopped giving us screeners, I think, after one episode we did. Oh, no, Castle Rock, they canceled our screeners <laughs> oh, because, of, right. because we shit on the second one so bad. But. Well, you look, we're not an advertising company, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. True. What are you do? Rough stuff. But Next. yeah, that's it for me. It's... Oh. All right. Go, you Mike. Go- you go. Okay. You sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go. go, go. Or you okay. go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Top three shows based on horror movies. Now, of course, this could change because like Max True. said, it's in flux. Number three, I do have Chucky. Very good. And we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more. Inevitably, we're going to talk about Chucky and like you said, Rachel, on this episode, but we'll really concentrate it on the, our big episode later on. Number two, Mac, what we do in the shadows. 100% agree. Mm. I think it just finished its sixth season. Is that right? Fifth season. Fifth or sixth season. season, Actually, the last season I think was that good, but this most recent season was very good. So uh, it's been kind of a a miracle show, like you said. It really is a one-note joke that was really done well in the Taika Waititi movie by making it surrounding with brand new characters. Yes. Yeah. Who remind you of the movie, but they're definitely their own characters. And what they do on the show is what we do in the shadows. You know, it's great. <laughs> when it arrived, I had I had I had to review the show. And I had to. Mm-hmm. I claimed because I love the movie so much. And I I said from point blank, just have, having seen the first three episodes, I said this is better than the movie. It, there's so much more. And the movie's ex- yeah, and the movie's so, great. Yeah, but, but it takes it to another level. Yeah. It's also yeah. Matt Berry is just fucking amazing. So like, so I just, they're all so every, funny. Mar- everybody's everybody's New great. York like because you know there's some shows where you watch it and and some members of the ensemble stick out more than others, but. It's hard to imagine that show without those five people. Yeah, I agree. And, that's a te- and they're still different from one another, too, which is another testament to the show. Number one, we can talk about the last couple of seasons or whatever, but I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was great. So that's, that's my number one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Iconic. And, that, and they did pretty good for like over 100 episodes, which I that's can't wild. say about some yeah. of these other shows, you know? True. Now, disappointments. Number three, Bates Motel. Really? The A&E mm. one. I thought okay. I was very skeptical at first, and I, and I started watching it, and I thought the first season was pretty good. But the problem is, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the episode, is when you've got the source material, there's only so much you can do with that source material. So now you've got to incorporate other elements. And when the elements become hiding out like marijuana farms, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we've, we've already run out of, of gas. We're, we're done here. Well, what it, it, they incorporated stuff from the beach is what they did, uh, Justin. The, the film, the beach. 
the beach. What film is that? Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Or? Oh, DiCaprio. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't keep wishes he was. <laughs> I, I stopped watching after I think the second or third season. I don't. I don't remember what happened. Anyway, number two, and this is something that should have been a slam dunk. Creep show. <laughs> I had the two. God damn it. <laughs> Creep show. Yeah. Slam dunk. What, yeah. what are we doing I here? Know. I literally say, how do you fuck this one up? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. And you know, we've talked. We've actually talked to you know Greg Nicotero and stuff like that, and. I know, look, I know he wanted to do more with it. I, there's there's yeah, only so there much that they could do on Shudder. And we love Shudder, but the budget was not there for the show. Okay. Yeah. And it's back. I haven't checked it out. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Number one, though, Mac and Mike, I think you'll agree with this. Um, Rachel, maybe too. Castle Rock. Yeah. Castle Rock was so disappointing. You literally have the entire world to play with. And I really enjoyed most of that first season. Same. I thought it really landed with a thud. And then I, from what I heard of the second season, I was just, I was not, I was done. And apparently so was everybody else. So there you go. All right. Mike. I added little honorable mentions because I, I just think there was, there was yeah. I couldn't squeeze in everything. So yeah. for the best or, you know, the top shows, for honorable mention, I have Wolf Creek. I just mm. watched it. I watched the first season. And I couldn't put it in the top three because I haven't seen the second season yet. But I, it's fun. I, I, that's why my nickname earlier was Mick Taylor. And I've just done multiple impersonations of him on our text threads oh, and stuff. I thought but, it was a Rolling Stones reference. I oh, was no, no, confused. no. He, I, I love, I love, uh, this character is such a fucking piece of shit. And he's just an absolute <laughs> atrocious villain. But the Have movies, we made fun of his voice before? Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, like, right, 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 John Jarrett. Right, right. I can't John, do it. John Jarrett's here. <laughs> hey, yo, oi. I get away from the lake. Get yeah. away from the creek. Here's the how wolf's you, over there. Here's how you use this knife. Uh, <laughs> that's not a wolf. This is a wolf. It's not a wolf. Uh, <laughs> LA. Yeah, this is a wolf. Uh, you got car trouble? <laughs> But I love I love the series. The series the series was one of those things where I because when I first heard about it, I was like, ah, they're gonna really be able to do this. Like, it's it is a one note thing because it is just like, all right, car breaks down, people are, you know, fucked, and it opens it it opens with a scenario (laughs) like that, and then you think like, oh god, is this episode is is the whole episode just gonna be him just like killing people on the side of the road? But it's not. And it's really from the this survivor's point of view and how she wants to get revenge. And holy shit, is the cast great in this show? And the the, the cinematography, the direction, it's it's all of the same team as the movies. And I like both movies, hmm. but I love I love this series. I actually would argue the series is better than the films. Yeah. And it's you really know, phenomenal. Seen the movies. They're fun. I'm not, I mean, they're not fun. Fun's not they're, the word, but they're, they're very nihilistic. They're very and, Wolf Creek. But they're, they're they are like my like survival horror is my favorite subgenre, and mm-hmm. the this is just the the, the purgatorial <laughs> survival horror. But the move, mm-hmm. the, you know, the show takes a different uh, swing with it, and I like it. Third, Ash versus Evil Dead. And, you know, that's I, my honorable mention. Like the third season's a little rough, but even then, it's pretty on par with the rest of the franchise in terms of its imaginative highs, there's some episodes in season three that I'd probably put in the top 10. Like I, and that's kind of crazy mm-hmm. when you consider it's the weakest, it's the weaker season. So I, yeah, I love the show. We were all together when we watched it for the first time, uh, the, the, the Gerber's <laughs> when we, we came over and we watched the screeners and we were all like, I cannot believe this is happening. It yeah. still was a pinch me moment. So yeah, that that's it. And then, 
The first one could could argue could, there's an argument to be had here, and I'm going to take it. It's Tales from the Crypt. So it's hmm. ba- it's ba- I, I, you can make the argument because it is based on the move. The original movie was based on the EC mm-hmm. Comics, and yeah. and they arguably upgraded it with this. And for me. When somebody just tweeted the other day, I was like, what's the best horror show? And I retweeted it and said, The Twilight Zone. And then someone said, What's the greatest show? And I retweeted it and said, The Twilight Zone. Because <laughs> I just think it's the watermark. <laughs> but when it comes to the watermark of adapting from horror movies and finding a new look, new point of view, new format, I mean, you're not going to get better than Tales from the Crypt. Like, there will never, I'll say this right now, there will never, ever, ever be a better anthology series in horror than what we got in those first four or five seasons of Mm -hmm. Tales from the Crypt because you're dealing with the cream of of the crop of filmmakers and and writers and actors and all from a generation that grew up on anthological storytelling. And I'm almost done with the whole, I guess, kind of a rewatch. I I mean, I'm I'm still, there's still a lot of episodes I haven't watched, but I loved it, and, I, and it's, it's fucking great. And even some of the Dower episodes, you're like, well, no other anthology shows are this good anyway. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, long-winded. And then Three Disappointments, just echoing everyone. I mean, it's Castle Rock is is uh, is just... Actually, Castle Rock is my number one. I'm going to go the, the opposite way. Castle, Castle Rock yeah. is my number one, and all the reasons I stated on the Losers Club, and, all, like, and Randall and I just went off on it in season two, because here was an opportunity to... Make something canon and fill in the blanks in a way that, sure, it's fan fiction, but there's so much room there to wiggle around that to then just kind of abandon that idea and then seemingly just remake stories from that, especially like iconic stories from King's canon, just feel felt so fucking lazy. It was the lore was confusing as hell, and the buildups never amounted to anything. And it just yeah. So that's that's number number one. Number two. Creep show is what you, you, you already you already said that Justo. How do you fuck this up? And then three controversial. Hannibal, I'm gonna say what? it. Yeah. Hannibal, I, I thought, understand what you mean. Yeah, this show started. Here's the reason why. It's like there's nothing more disappointing to me when you have something great and it turns into utter shit. And that is what I would argue with that oh. happened with Hannibal. I think that. And a lot of this just happens to, to to be that I think it got a little too self-aware of the fandom. I think it got a little too cheeky for its own good. I thought it got totally muddled. This is a show that I feel felt like should have been more like Justified, actually, where you fit in a case a week, but you continue the, the core storyline. And instead, it just became so lost in its own self-indulgence. And I'm glad that we. I finally have a platform to say this because I haven't ever. And I, I love that first season. I love. I love a lot of the second season, even though it gets a little. Even by the second season, you could start seeing the the writing on the wall. But that third season is a fucking mess, and it's trying to use all the worst parts of Thomas Harris's writing, and <laughs> couple that with just some unbelievable storytelling that takes it to another level that isn't fun isn't campy as some yeah, say and it's just it's kind of kind of sh- just shits the bed in terms of the 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 program they had like this is a show that could have gone on like probably three or four or five seasons and actually worked because there's a reason why it did work early on and then it didn't and got canceled so uh that's my hot take that's where i'm gonna put it and that's a show that started great and for me turned awful so that was my disappointment. yeah disappointments yeah. okay so yeah 
Mine, uh, my top three, actually, exact same as Max. I've got Chucky, <laughs> Hannibal, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. What And, you know, What We Do in the Shadows is fun, too, because, like, my husband isn't necessarily, like, a huge horror fan, but that's one thing that we both, you know, it's like it, it crosses over and, like, the comedy in it. It's, mm-hmm, so yeah. it's, it's kind of cool because, like, he's, I don't, I know he's seen the original movie, but you don't have to be a huge horror fan to still like that. Right. You know, I don't even think you have to see the original movie to still no. think it's funny. Like it stands alone and is funny without necessarily having to rely on the horror or the original movie, which I think is really smart. A couple honorable mentions just oh, because. Oh, wait. This is. I, yes. I forgot. I had Chucky too. That means all of us had Chucky in our top three. Yeah. Because I, I just wild. skipped over it because you guys already said it. So that that's pretty telling. Yeah. Of Yeah. So, sorry. To come. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Other ones that I've really loved. I've I've really loved the Exorcist TV series. I know it's short, two seasons. I've heard a lot of people heard, talk yeah. about that. Yeah. It's one I of those mean, things. I think it also helps because you're going in it, like going into it, being like, "Oof, I don't know, you guys." Yeah, and yeah. then when it's like, "Oh no, that was great!" Like it's surprising. You're not going into it with super high expectations, which is sometimes um, a good thing. Is it mm-hmm. also telling, or is it a sequel to the original movie? It's a. It's like a sequel. It's like later, and then. And then the second season is like a self-contained kind of separate story. We're like okay. related, but separate mm. um, from what I remember. And then, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that's just interesting. Also, I know it's animated, but I really like the Gremlins Max series. Me too. It's really good. I was going to, yeah, I think I put so that on the list. Yeah. Cute. And there's like little things in it. Like there's like references and the, even the first episode, there's like, I think it's first episode. Maybe second or something, but like references to like Big Trouble in Little China and like other things, That's fun. and like it's super fun. And there's like lots of little nuggets in there for adult horror fans. You know, like it's something that kids would could watch, but also you can watch it as you know an adult Gremlins fan. And there's still plenty in it there that is really cute and I know um, sweet. So uh, Josh Harrison and Joe Dante had the creators of that show on their podcast, so I, I feel like it is Joe Dante approved. Oh yeah, it's you know, it's adorable. So, so cool. give it a shot. Don't be like, oh, it's an animated. It's for kids. It is, but it's also just. So I'll sweet. get my boo bucket and I'll head over. Yeah. All right, we'll <laughs> yeah. fire up. Uh, <laughs> get your apple slices. <laughs> my, apple, my soggy fries. <laughs> your soggy fries. Especially okay. if like the bag of apple slices kind of open Ugh. partly, so you just get all the apple juice all over your oh, fucking gross. fries. <laughs> that's just, okay. actually, actually, that sounds not bad. Actually, that sounds what? pretty good. No, that's that's a Max boo bucket with um, uh, Mike style <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with the apple juice sauce on it. Is that a Max cock? Is that what that is? <laughs> Max cock. <laughs> Um, and then also, of course, I love Haunting of Hill House. I love Haunting of Bly yeah. Manor. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are great. So, but yeah, uh, a different m- vibe. I have a mm. question on that. Are they considering sure. Usher part of that series? Yes, they okay. are. Okay. I, yeah, I, I was going to say I didn't say any honorable mentions. My my one would have been Haunting of Hill House, except for like the last two minutes. Oh, I, yes. really, oh. I really, I really. Really enjoyed the show almost all the way through, almost all the way through to the very, very end. And it didn't ruin it for me, but I, I just, I didn't like that tweak to the ending. But that, 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 that no, scene with, I'll need it. what is it? The tall man or the cane man or whatever. The tall man. When yeah. she sees him in the hallway, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, huh. Sammy had just moved in with us and us with me. But like, I, you know, we actually have a, a, a community here at the, at, apartment i live in but no 
we've we have this long hallway and for i think three the first three months that she was living here both of us honestly just kept thinking like what if that cane man saw the cane man like out, outside no, and that would you. suck yeah it would, it would <laughs> suck yeah it's like who's the guy in gerald's game that like the moon oh yeah like, yeah God, he's so good at those there, shadows just, I love great. Yeah. oh the moonlight man right moonlight oh, man, man. <laughs> i love the ghosts that are just kind of there in the background throughout that entire so season scary as well yeah, so well there, done that that's so well a, done there's a shot in the kitchen where if you're looking just right in the reflection of the one of the um like armoires there's just the ghost standing there just and standing there. it Ugh. it's just so i mean it really was really really good when it was good yeah yeah and i mean and just so dour the bitneck lady episode just Oof. it's hard to watch <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was depressing but it was really really scary and good so hopefully Usher is back on track and just mm-hmm. really scary and not funny or zany. Have you watched Usher yet? <laughs> no, Rachel? I haven't watched any of it. I haven't. Yeah. I want to watch it, though. But, yeah. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, 8 to 9 headache days a month versus 6 to 7 for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Disappointments for me, the Friday the, ter- Friday the 13th TV series was a big bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it at the time, obviously, but then, like, found it later and was like, oh, cool, I didn't even know there's a series. Like, let me watch this. And I'd be like, wait, what? It was like some um weird needful things thing. Like I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was on yeah, sci fi. Because they're in a shop, yeah. right? That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's yeah. just a it's just a shop it's a missed and opportunity. their uncle, like all these artifacts uncle Jason. out into <laughs> the right. wild and they're all yep. cursed or do you weird things. Them. And then they have to go find them and bring them back. And they use the same logo too <laughs> to add insult to injury. So you're really like, wait, yeah. what? It really is just a, a an IP grab. Cash grab, yeah. that's it. That's really yeah, it's, the only it's, thing. It's really disappointing. The Mist. Yeah. I, I like to give, I always say it's like, give every show like three episodes because <laughs> I feel like then you, you'll know for sure because sometimes it's like it takes a sec, right? Sometimes sure. it's the yeah, pilot yeah. and it takes a sec to get the vibe. Uh, the Mist, I watched one episode and yeah, I was it's, like, I'm done. I can't mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> one strike row. No good. And then the, the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. Mm. Caffrey hates this one. <laughs> I didn't hate it. But it was a disappointment. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they did, I they did some interesting things. I guess I didn't have a problem with the actors. There's some things I did like about it, but ultimately it was just like, okay, this is not necessarily for me, and not necessarily what I would have. I, I don't know, just had in my mind. So it was a bit disappointing, but I didn't hate it. So, anyways, okay, cool. So those are some of our favorites. It's cool to see what's reoccurring and on both sides. <laughs> 
<laughs> on both sides of the coin. So I guess my next question for you guys is clearly, you know, having a strong original IP, it can be a blessing, right? Like name recognition and just kind of a a good launching pad for what could come. But it can also be a little bit of a curse sometimes. And we've clearly seen that as well. So I'm kind of want to pick your brain about like what separates the winners from the losers. If something is a really strong original IP, like how can somebody take advantage of it and where can it go wrong? There are many, a lot of these pivots to TV are reboots or reimaginings, right? But I think the main ones, at least for me, that register are the continuations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we've talked about Ash versus Evil Dead. We've talked about Chucky. It's, it's IP. It's not just for the sake of IP, but it's IP with meat left on the bone. Mm-hmm. And also, in my opinion, it's no coincidence that, that they both they both worked coming off of film entries that rebooted the source material, and they went back to the source material and proved that there was you know a desire out there for people who wanted to see like the return of Ash and the return of Don Mancini's Chucky, and. It it doesn't hurt when you've got that built-in fan base ready to continue the story. So that's I think that, that's a major case for the winners versus the losers of it all. Yeah, yeah. I'll go for it, Mac. <laughs> I was just gonna say, if it, it it depends on the IP. I mean, if it's a strong, if it's a situation like Freddy, well, Freddy's Nightmares also was kind of like Friday the Thirteenth a little bit. I mean, you had ready like hosting it essentially but yeah you know it, it you can't do can't do nightmare on Elm street without robert england so that's you're kind of stuck right where with you know they lucked out with chucky right and we'll get into that next you know in the next episode but the thing i think that's strong about hannibal is like it, not only is it based it's based on you know books but then you also have movies and there's a lot of it and it and it takes place over a long time you have multiple protagonists multiple you know antagonists there's a lot to mine there and so i feel like that has a strong even if you're not continuing the actual story or keeping the actual actors from the films there's so much that you can do with that and I think the bones are really good, right? So if the bones are there and it, and the scope is there, I think you can you know do a lot with that. On the phrase Nightmares thing, the, the, the problem with that show, well, besides the budget, it had no budget. But I mean, Freddie was on the show, and I think he was just about in every episode. But the problem was it was smack dab in the middle of an ongoing popular film series. Yeah. I feel like the, the the desire wasn't there. Like we were getting enough yearly or every two years on the screen, on the big screen. People weren't like, I need even more 20 hours worth of low budget Freddy on TV with yeah. no violence, you know? So like with Hannibal, I think it's interesting too. Cause like when they first announced that show, I'm like, how can anybody else, how can anybody else play Hannibal Lecter? Right. Like, how is this possible? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I have a hard time. And then you see Mads Mikkelsen and it's like, what? I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. So I was shocked that it did. And I applaud them for committing to that because it's like when you have especially a literal face like so tied to a character, Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine anybody else in that role. But I think that they were smart in being like, no, the, you know, the Silence of the Lambs franchise is its own thing. And we're going to we're going to tell a different story, even though there was a Clarice (laughs) TV series. There was. Oh, my God. Well, this goes back to what you're talking about, Rachel, at the beginning about how some of these are based on movies that are based yeah. on 
other source material. And this is a good example because you could look at this not as necessarily a reboot of the Jonathan Demme Silence of the Lambs. You're looking at it as a readaptation of Thomas Harris's Silence of the Lambs. Right. Totally. You know I mean? And that's and that's different from with Chucky and, and Evil and Evil Dead or whatever. It's just a different yeah, different scenario. Yeah. So what about something like Scream, the TV yeah. series? I mean, that feels like a fumble because it what I was gonna piggyback on what you were saying with Hannibal is that you know, a large part of why that show really worked is that it had a ready-made engine for this, you know, like to Max point two of just the bones of it all being there, it really warranted itself to be a procedural. And I know that's a bad buzzword for a lot of TV critics out there because they all don't like procedurals and what have you, but guess what? Like this 90% of the, or at least 80% of the, no, no, I even say 90 still 90% of the greatest shows of all time have leaned on the procedural elements of it all. Even breaking bad, even Sopranos, even Mad Men, they all have some sort of procedural element to it that keeps you coming back because that's what the hook is called or that's what the hook is. And Hannibal had that because, you know, not only do you have, the, the the case of the week through Graham, but then you also have that sticky relationship between like Sam and Diane, right? And like the or yeah. bet- like the Sam and Diane relationship between like Will and Lecter, and that flip the co- the the other you know, the two sides of the same coin, which is kind of a you know the Michael Mann Heat thing. But with Scream, it's like they did have a ready made engine. It's okay each season, boom, new killer somewhere in America, go for it, and I think. To their credit, I think they did try to try. I think they did try to make a swing by doing something separate from the movies, by having a different mask, having a different thing, and I, and I appreciate that because it's, it's what we loved about Halloween ends. And so many horror fans wanted to kill us for it, but I <laughs> I I, I like the swing. I just think at the I think in that case, it really did come down to well, what are you missing from the Scream franchise? And so much of that is witty and snappy dialogue characters that you could really love a mystery element with high stakes i think they got the mystery and high high stakes right but if you don't have the characters in that you don't have a you know a, a protagonist a leon and also you know think is suspicious have that water cool element to it it's not going to work and i don't know i think with scream i think they I think the, the option of going with a different mask was a bad idea. Rachel, you have a prompt here that actually goes into what you're saying, Mike. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You, Rachel, you wanted to know about the signals or hallmarks of a movie that might make a successful leap to the small screen. Are there any recurring traits or similarities, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the thing with here's, – here's my take on that. So you either have a strong protagonist with interchangeable villains, yeah. Ash vs. Evil Dead, or a strong villain with interchangeable protagonists, Chucky. Yep. But this is why the Scream show didn't work, ultimately. Not just, I mean, it worked for me for a while, but I think in terms of a broader appeal, it's because you had interchangeable protagonists, but the villain wasn't Ghostface. You yep. didn't have that recognizable, marketing, marketable Ghostface. And I, I agree with you, Mike, the, the swing is, is commendable in its own way, but in terms of trying to sift its way through the infinite number of TV shows that were out there when Scream first aired on MTV, it was just hard to stand out. Yeah. And I think that that's an issue that you can have with that. I think, I think also for me too, it's just like I was talking about the team earlier and it's just like having a team, whether or not it's a 
tied to the original film or not that is passionate about it and knowledgeable about it. That's, you know, yeah, it's nice. But also it's just having a team involved that actually cares about this in some capacity or is doing it. Like you think about Flanagan and like, you know, just how passionate he was about these stories and telling them in his own way. And I think that that goes so far. And then even like, you know, I mean, what we do in the shadows, obviously they're, they're intimately involved, but like, it's just, you can, you can, you can feel the love. And even when it doesn't work, like Bates Motel, I even think that there was like some elements of there and they had a strong vision for it. And they're like, okay, we're going to tell a new story and we're committed to this. Yeah. You know, I want to echo you. I, I had the ability to build while still respecting the original material. You can do new things. Yeah. Like if if the Scream show started with Ghostface killing someone and then that other Ghostface killed Ghostface and was like, no, like this is something new. This is, you know, mm. the, kind of what we wanted for it Scream, been meta in that's for Scream 6. I think that that would have been cool because it's like, oh, like this isn't Scream, but it's definitely feels like Scream and it's doing its own thing. Cool. But I just feel like sometimes people come in and they're just like, I don't know, it's like guns for hire or something. And they don't, they're not familiar with the original yeah. material. And then, and then it's just like in name only. That is a misfire hugely because, yeah, I mean, I have more to say when another prompt. But yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because the last season of Scream does have Ghostface. But it was literally Too just late. dumped. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was dumped on VH1 like at a, on a late Saturday night. They just dumped the entire five or six episodes and then it was gone. By all reports, but time it was, was too awful. late. Yeah, yeah, I know it was. It was too late. You know, it's too late. Okay, so is it helpful to have the original creatives team involvement, or can that sometimes be a hindrance because they're they got blinders on? <laughs> to what's best possible? case scenario, Don Mancini, yeah, yep. Chucky. Worst yeah. case scenario, Robert Tappert Ash versus Evil Dead. That's all. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even outside the horror genre, just think about like what we talked about in Fortune and Glory. Like how much of a better movie look, I know this is gonna be controversial because people didn't like old indie, but they you know, how I much did. better is it was yeah, I mean everyone on here I think is in agreement. But how much better is Dial of Destiny versus King of the Crystal Skull? Now King of the Crystal Skull had everyone pretty much on on board that was from the original. Dial largely didn't. And so you know, it sometimes it does work to your advantage to have a new clean slate, but it has to be a person that's at least knowledgeable and respectful of the franchise. Like I think of, and sometimes this goes the opposite way. Like when you look at like uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, right, which is largely the best for everyone else. It's the it's the best Harry Potter movie. I still stand for the first one, but Prisoner of Azkaban, incredible movie, and the director literally said outright much the chagrin of Potter fans that he had never read the books, <laughs> so, but it looks, but the movie fucking works. But yeah. on the opposite end, you sometimes get some hired for guns that come in, which I don't know. I mean, looking at all the folks that are involved with the series for scream, they seem largely removed from any yeah. sort of talent that was there. But yeah, I mean, I think it's the double-edged sword as we we're probably yes. going to keep saying, right. Yeah, I mean, it's I think, complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. So, like, I mean, you look at Buffy, and I yeah. think that's also like, I mean, Whedon, the person, sure. side. <laughs> yes, yes. But you think about the fact that, like, that film wasn't what he wanted to be. So then he made this other series, which is 
so much, I mean, better than the film. I still like the film for what it is, but the series is obviously something else completely and is made better by his dedication to it, at least what we see on the screen. Well, there's that redemptive swing too. I mean, that comes from like their other question you have where it's like about the source material obscurity and, you know, the lack of widespread attention recognition. Like Buffy's a perfect example of that. Like I love the original movie. I actually think that the, the conceit of Buffy works large. I think it's a little bit better in the movie because I think the series gets a little too serious for itself. But I I won't deny that the the show itself was certainly Joss Whedon being able to say, all right, I, I wrinkled out, I, you know, I smoothed out some of the wrinkles. Let me take another swing at this. Let me get a larger, you know, sandbox to work in. And clearly it worked because, you know, now you're getting the Buffy brand is a cultural phenomenon. And it's also made, you know, weirdos like me uh, not feel alone as I'm now joined by the, uh, but actually crowd who <laughs> have come around to the movie finally or whatever. But yeah, I mean, Buffy's a perfect example of just, giving the the original the OG creator the chance to as the kids say cook. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All all reasons why the sci-fi Day of the Dead should have been good. Oh god. <laughs> Cuz this is the Richard thing. Richard Rubenstein strikes well, this again. This is the thing. Like I would love to see like good idea horror films that weren't great. I mean, I know there's the the Day of the Dead trolls out there. But take a pass at some of these ideas that didn't quite land on film, but Hey, maybe there's a life, maybe we can breathe life into it. And the series can, you know, maybe this is more of a television series than a film. I don't know why we don't see them taking more chances on that. It's not like those movies were so big that everybody loved them. Everybody knows what it is. No, a lot of people forgot what those movies are because mm-hmm. they yeah. weren't very good in the first place. So take a chance, make it your own. Hell, you can retitle it, but I think there's a lot to be mined out there of, of like good ideas that were in horror that were horror films that just didn't quite take off or weren't the greatest film. But they they can they continue to want to do, you know the same stuff over and over again. I, I, it's just maddening. I love this question though, Rachel, because uh, especially about the, the source material obscurity, because I, I really thought oh, yeah. in my head like, oh yeah, they've definitely dusted off a lot of different IP that have maybe been left in the dial and have been IP that that majority of the population hadn't even known about until the series came on board or yeah. came to fruition. And For the I, demographic that it's yeah. targeted to, I think, yeah. And I can't, I, I, for the life of me, I, I, the, the list is pretty short. I was thinking about it. Like, there's not a lot of, in. I thought it was kind of long, actually. I really? was surprised with how many there were. I thought, because well, off the top yeah. of my head, I was like, I could think of like 12, and there was like 30 something or 40 something. But what, yeah. what, what would be ones that you're thinking about? Like, for me, it's like everyone knows who Freddy Krueger is, everyone knows who Swamp Thing is. No Resident Evil. Like the only ones I could really think of was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that came to from a, a movie that maybe like you know a third of the popular uh, no not even a third a point three percent. Oh my god! Sorry, I thought you meant the overall adaptations. No, 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 like like ones that well, are from IP yeah. that you were like, oh, that was a movie. Interesting. Like, I, I think what you were saying, Mike, the Buffy examples is one of, was one of my two. The other one was Teen Wolf. I was yeah, gonna say yeah, Teen Teen Wolf. Right? Just because the amount of time, like, uh-huh. and it, the fact that it was geared towards teens on MTV, yep. like, are those the kids that are going to see Michael J. Fox? Exactly. That's like, the thing, right? Because that and even Buffy were movies that maybe meant a lot to us. Yes. Right. For for both unironic and ironic reasons, but 
neither had reached the heights of commercial or even cult success as the Evil Dead movies or Chucky's, right? Yeah. But Buffy and Teen Wolf just took the log lines of the source material Mm -hmm. and pivoted and made major changes. And they did Teen Wolf six seasons. I know. And a movie. Went on for, like, it's, like, that's successful. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I was going to say, Damien, I don't know. Yeah. Does any like does the average person know that Damien is from the Omen? Just that's the it's the mistake know. of the IP. They should have said something like Omen Origins or some bullshit. You know, at <laughs> least also make think, an attempt. I also think though that I think it's also like a risk for like cult favorite stuff. Yeah, because if mm-hmm. you're taking a cult favorite movie and turning it into series like Rocky Horror Picture Show or something like that. Not going Good with. luck, because that is hard, because then you have the fan base that the loves die that hearts. movie yeah. are diehards. So you can't really do anything too far away from the original. Otherwise, they're never going to be happy. So it's it's a, that's a hard line to walk. But that's why I was saying, choose the movies no one's precious about. <laughs> that didn't mm-hmm. do that great. And, you know, turn it into a show. I I, I I just think that there's a lot out there that could be turned. But yeah, Teen Wolf, six seasons. Wow. That's a show that should have been on like ABC because I think it could have walked that line a lot easier. Yeah. A lot I better think it was and, trying to capitalize, I'm guessing, on the whole Twilight thing. Yeah. 100%. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're like, oh, the vampires. What about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they what tried, they tried to do the CW model with the, without yeah. realizing what that model is. Because I, I, hey, I'm a huge CW stan. I love Supernatural, I love Smallville. I love way too many shows on that channel at the age I'm at. But I will say the thing that is so smart about all of those shows is that they they get they know when to be serious and they know when to have fun. And yeah. I felt largely that the Teen Wolf series didn't, especially given the IP. I felt you're t- you're taking one of the the more iconic horror comedies of in that especially with when you're dealing with like 80s com- 80s horror comedies like it's probably somewhere in the top 10 uh despite the competition I'd still argue and you just made it this sort of dour thing that was you're you're dead on with the the, the twilight zone or the twilight thing not twilight zone twilight uh comp because that is what it is but even twilight seemingly had more fun with itself than teen wolf i mean i've only seen a few episodes but it just it felt like very it just felt so like it's always silver outside <laughs> Like, yeah. but it resonated. Like, it's got a huge fan base. You I know, know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just, us, but that's it's okay. the key. It's the key example of like <laughs> we have the movie with Jerry Levina Styles, and then they and the 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 new generation's got you know generic guy with black hair Styles. You know what I mean? But again, but also like you can do that. You can do that with Teen Wolf. There was enough time between that those two movies. <laughs> I will say Teen Wolf two as well. We'd love to see the Teen there Wolf was two time. reboot. <laughs> But there was enough time Boxing between Academy. that where you could do that, not really be completely faithful to the original show, and a generation's going to grow up with that's their Teen Wolf. But when you're doing Scream on pretty much on top of the Scream movie still coming out, and you change it, it it's, doesn't work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, can I say something about Teen Wolf 2 real quick? Because I'll never be able to talk about Teen Wolf 2 again on this oh, podcast. Oh, give me a break. You don't think anyone's going to request Teen Wolf 2 on this podcast? I One day it will happen. If, if oh, give us the Teen Wolf 2. It's going to be requested the this Witch month, tier? This year. Is it the Witch tier? Give us Teen Wolf 2. I'll be happy to talk about 
That soundtrack is amazing. You yeah. got Dave Clark Five. You've got <laughs> Send Me the song Send Me an Angel. Great stuff. And you've got two Oingo Boingo songs. Oh dang! It's wild. I love anyway. Boingo. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Any movies made better with Boingo? I would Just agree. Especially it out there. Back to School. Is that the yes. rare sequel with a better soundtrack than the original? Well, then again, well, well, no, 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 no. here we go. I mean, I can sing all the songs <laughs> oh, from the original to you right now. Sure, I'm do it. Uh, Love it. I don't know where my clothes yeah. catch on fire. My clothes catch on fire. And the final song, the, the ballad at the end. Yeah. It's Banger. Good. Banger. Also, good hey, stuff. those Beach Boys. Love them. Love, them. Love, love a good re-recording of the Beach Boys yeah. to avoid copyright. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, when okay. oh, in, in the end? In the yeah, final well, game? Oh, oh, that song's great. Great, great song. <laughs> Hey, also, the end, request, the you know what? Request Teen Wolf as well, please. We'll do Double both. Double feature. <laughs> Double feature. Huh. Watching Kyle's unboxing videos again? Yeah, he always finds the coolest. No way, a robot dog. Gotta ask where he got it. Or use your Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Just draw a circle around the dog on your screen, and it shows you where to buy it right in the app. Oh, I just learned a new trick. And that for once, I beat Kyle to the next big thing. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. (laughs) Okay, so that kind of leads me. I want to talk about some of these icons because we are so blessed to live, I guess, in the same time where some of these icons I'm talking about, Bruce Campbell, Brad Dorif, Robert England, they were, they're willing to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these series are better because of it, right? Ash versus Evil Dead. Can't imagine it without Ash. Mm-hmm. Brad Dorif, you know, oof, without anybody else is Chucky, rough. And then even looking, you, you're talking about Freddy's Nightmares, would it have been even worse without Freddy, you know, would it be a Friday the 13th thing? So I just want to talk kind of about the critical nature of their involvement and how critical is that? Is that a make or break? And why would they do this? (laughs) I think it goes down to legacy Hmm. because I think especially now, you're always remembered for the last thing you did as opposed to the best thing you did a lot of the time. So either you sign, like you you, you name checked Bruce Campbell, Brad Dourif, Robert England. I feel like you either sign on, to continue thanks to the quality and or maybe a chance at redemption or you don't do it to protect the legacy. You know uh, what I mean? See, I would okay. love to think that that is it. I think it's Money. how much of my time do I have to commit to this? Money. No. What's my cut? And, and in the end, yeah. I think they all did this stuff out of friendship because they were so close with the filmmakers that, that were doing it. That and have had a long standing friendship and relationship with them that I felt they felt like they wanted to be a part of it or, or they probably talked them into it or whatever. I'm not saying they're not passionate about it. I think that all those, all those dudes are really passionate about it. But realistically, I feel like it was probably friendship. I'm going to, that's my number one. I, I, I'm not going to be as cynical with the time commitment and money, but I do think it, 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 because I don't think that they're losing sleep necessarily over like what fans thought of the fourth movie or whatever, you know, kind of thing. I don't think that that really matters to them. I do think they spin it that it's legacy, especially when things start going well. <laughs> or bad. But, yeah. but I mean, that's cool too, though. I mean, if they want to give me a call or DM me and tell me I'm wrong, dead wrong, <laughs> it was legacy. Um, I'm open to hearing it, but I, I, I do feel like it's probably like friendship and just wanting to work with your friends again. 
I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You think about Chucky, like it's got it's not just one icon, right? <laughs> like yeah, you've got it's like that whole team. Like, like the whole team. And it's like, okay, yeah. the second one person signs on, it's like a cascading effect, right? The second yeah. Jennifer Tilly saw, oh, Brad's back. Oh, you know, Fiona's back. Sure, let's do this. And then it just kind of like spirals from there, I feel like. It's the trust thing, right? Like it's like, oh, if the maestro has some idea or thinks that there's a reason to keep going, you know, I've followed him through that journey this entire time. Why wouldn't I come on? I mean, I know that's the case for Bruce Campbell. I know he probably wouldn't have done that show if if Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi weren't producing it or in Rob Tappert. Right. And in the same thing with... With Brad Dorf, especially. I mean, the, the genius about Chucky, since I, I'm not going to be on the episode, even though I'm, I, I, I've like come to fucking love this show now. And <laughs> the thing that's so smart about it is that it's the rare franchise that already took the biggest swings 20 years ago. So you can really, anything goes, to quote Willie Scott, that you could, with the show. And I think <laughs> not Brad the musical. Dirt, not the musical. <laughs> no, it's always Willie Scott for me. It's always Willie. And... I think he probably relished the opportunity at, God, we had so much fun on these batshit crazy sequels. I get to do this episode to episode now. I mean, like the third season takes place in the fucking White House now. I mean, that's like, that is the type of creative sandbox that they're working with. And I have to imagine that that's so exciting for Dorf. Yeah. Well, it's exciting for Mancini too, because, you know, when I was reading Reign of Chucky, there were so many asides throughout interviews throughout the last, 35, 40 years of things that he would maybe like to do with Chucky. Yeah. And he would give us sides about having it at a school or having it at the White House. And and now he's able to finally do that, you know. But I got to put a pause on that. I got to pause the Chucky discussion. Yeah. I will stop. I will stop. But, Mike, I'm glad you. I'm sorry. I'm glad Mike said your piece because if you're not going to be on it, like I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I do want to talk off. We got off, the ranking uh, app. Off pod with you because, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Talking about Chucky. As a personality, makes me wonder about this question. I want to ask you guys: like, so how has the internet <laughs> and mm. the advent of streaming? How do you think it's impacted these TV shows? Because look at back historically, not super great shows. Yeah, they were existing, but none of those really made it from the you know the eighties and nineties. Really made it into our top, other than Buffy. So mm. you know, how has the landscape changed and how has that kind of benefited these? Cause think about Chucky on Twitter, you guys, like he's a fucking maniac and it's yeah. so funny. So anyways, I think you can go beyond, like you said, there's so many different ways to advertise these shows now. And so many of these shows are tailor made for social media, like in bite size advertisements, either on Twitter, TikTok, whatever. And in addition to that, it's just, if you, you can just break it down to technology period, right? Because in the last century, in order to catch up on a show that you missed, it was basically impossible. Yeah. Like once you missed it, <laughs> unless it was maybe rerun, maybe in the summer, that's it until it's in syndication five years later. Yeah. Or if you didn't even, have cable, I didn't have cable. Growing oh yeah. Up, if you didn't so. have cable, forget it. Cause it was never going to be available to rent. And even when they started to do that, too late. It, it was too late and there'd be a new season coming up, but then there'd be such a lack of available DVDs for rent for the previous season. So once again, it was a lost cause. Now, I mean, my God, I just watched an episode of Freddy's Nightmares last night that was just sitting there on TV, and I just watched it. And that's fucking almost 40 years old. (laughs) Everything's just readily available to us now. You know, it's just so much easier because of streaming. And so many of these shows we've talked about are at some point on one one of the streaming networks that a listener has. 
it's right. it, it's that rare thing too where we always kind of shit on this, and 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 you know we have, we have we have our reasons, but the idea that you have this generation that grew up with the IP and then they get excited and and start writing it, and I, I was thinking about this a lot in the last few days leading up to this episode, and just the idea of having the feature film sandbox versus the TV show sandbox. And I think one of the reasons why the feature film when it's written by these fan writers don't really work is because they're so excited about the IP that they put too much into the story. They overcomplicate it. Whereas Mm -hmm. if they get the sort of runway that television affords it, Mm -hmm. I think that's where you, you're able to start seeing new point of views and no, and, and sort of interesting subversions and, and places that you didn't, think that the franchise would go to i mean i don't watch the star wars shows anymore but wouldn't you argue like i mean mac you watch all of them like i wouldn't you say that the shows have been far more imaginative than anything that was in the feature films and 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 even the spinoff feature films because they have the room to do it now and they could do whatever i mean they kind of have i would disagree with that though i just think that it's regurgitating old material all over again. Well, some say cases, but then you get something like Andor, which I, that's the said, exception to the rule, but you said that's that was better than any of the, the features that came out. Uh, I, yeah, I do agree with that. So yeah, that's, that's the, Wars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's what I mean, where it's like, and that, that's largely from, that's like second, third generation right yeah. there. So it's, yeah. you know, or at least first generation from that, that would have been post like, you know, the original trilogy and all, but hmm. yeah. It's, yeah. The, to the time to explore those things. I'm even thinking about like from dusk till dawn, like, which is, you know, Robert Rodriguez is intimately involved with and being to able to explore that story in his own way, but not have mm-hmm. to commit to, you know, some feature film. It just seems much more manageable, but can still expand that universe in a way that he would never be able to do that in a film. I think. Did you yeah. finish that show, Rachel? No. <laughs> I have to I, tell you, I, from what I watched, it was going? actually good. No, no it was I, on for I, a couple yeah. years, but yeah. it was actually, I, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. I watched the whole first season into the second season, and I I was genuinely like surprised. And again, it was that thing where they took elements from the movie mm-hmm. yeah. and worked it into the show, but it wasn't beholden to the trajectory of the movie and, and really did do its own thing with some of it. And I was right. really digging it. Mm-hmm. Because I think I it fell out of El Rey or I got rid of cable or something. I can't remember what it was. I stopped watching it, but I was digging it for the for the time I was watching it. I I also have to wonder like how many of these creators are just constantly taking the temperature <laughs> of like conversations and just kind of the general cultural zeitgeist. And mm-hmm. that's interesting in a lot of ways because I think without you know, the internet and all these conversations, we wouldn't have an Ash versus Evil Dead. We wouldn't have a Chucky no, TV series. Definitely not. Right. But also, like, I'm kind of worried because it's like, how many people are in there pitching, like, you know, talk to me spinoffs or some like A24 type show or like, like, what does this mean? Like, what are the ideas that we're going to get because something blows up and they immediately want to turn it into a limited you know, Netflix series or something. I mean, like. that's TV in general yeah. now. Yeah. From writers that I've, I've listened to over the years or, or even read, because I guess I do still read every once in a while. Um, you know, they bemoan the fact that they'll go in there and pitch a show and they'll say, and then the producers will say, interesting. Can you tie that into this IP? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? 
that that's been happening, and I, I know it's got to be happening right now with with like you said, like a successful horror movie. If it's not talk to me, it's something else, right? Yeah, that is just its IP is king right now. Or hopefully, we're entering a situation where the king is dead. It's it's tough. It's just the way it is right now. But the internet, sure. the internet has certainly cultivated this. I mean, I, we talk right. about it all the time. I literally just talked about it on the Halloween novelization episode, where you know, in the late '90s, when the internet was in its infancy, you could get a shot glass and a snow globe for Halloween. And I relished over them. I, you know, I wasn't going to drink at that age, especially with an alcoholic mother. And uh, so, I, but I got the shot glass, and I and I kept it. I relished it, and it was on my my shelf forever. And that only because that was the only fucking marketing or merchandise you could really buy for Halloween. Yeah. Cut to 2023 now. Tw- you know, 25 years of 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 the internet growth that you've had. Um, I, not, I'm starting at 1998 because I feel like that was the year that everyone pretty much had at that point. You get, I could get a Ben Tramer figure now at this point. And I think that you could apply that to this IP discussion because, like, as someone who wasn't writing, I could tell you that there was never a take or a film or a TV show that hadn't already been written about. And so now that's why we have that, you know, narrative that Justin always talks about where it's like, what is it? It's like it. Uh, it starts out. Everyone hates it. Then they. Then mm. they. They. It kind of is under underrated. And then it's you know actually it's the best. And then it comes back to now it's overrated. And you just go right through the looking glass. And I think that's what has to your point, Rachel. It's like it has allowed franchises that were pretty much the underdogs a long time ago to hit that sort of, for lack of a better word, mainstream by being on streamers. Like, Asterisk Evil Dead is the best example. You're, that's 100% right. Because if you had told me in, I mean, fuck, when I went to go to the con to see Bruce Campbell like two days after 9-11, yeah. I remember being like, oh yeah, this is kind of a small fan base. There's like five, like maybe 10, 15 people that are here and we're all losing our fucking shit <laughs> over this. And, you know, nowadays that, that table would just be overwhelmed. And it's because people, the word of mouth has spread so fast. Like I remember talking about Dawn of the Dead and most of the people on the internet hadn't even fucking seen it. Right. Yeah. Now it's, like, you know, now it's an, a go-to like, oh, okay, of course it's Dawn of the Dead, you know, like. I, I don't even think we'd have what we do in the shadows. No. Like no. without, I mean, mm-hmm. unless Taika, like that was something he really wanted to do. But like, you think about the movie and I just don't know if it had like without the on, like people connecting over it. Like, I don't know if it, cause I still feel like that's kind of a cult film in a lot of yeah. ways. It is. Yeah. So, I, mean, I think by now it's that the show is overwhelmed the movie. Yeah. hundred I mean, percent. Sure there are probably sure people who watch the show that don't know. Don't know. Yeah. I, that's, I'd love to know the pie chart. Of what mm-hmm. those that have come in because of the movie, those the the, the folks that have loved the show that have never fucking seen it and or heard I'd, of it, I'd wager to get like to to bet that it's probably the overwhelming majority that don't know about the movie. But yeah, um, I, yeah, possibly. But, but to get back to to what you guys are saying about the the IP being king, I I do think it's unsustainable, and I do think that we're we're going to see very soon. I mean. And I know there's they're just kind of doing a reboot of, of sorts, but like if you look at you know Marvel, right, which is like the king of inter- like connected universe, they're yeah. finally they're finally saying Mad king. there's gonna be like a reboot, and then this is like the comics, right? Like you can only go so far before you have to start at the beginning again because you can't expect people to have watched fifty five movies before this movie comes out it's just impossible and people grow up or they grow out of it or they just get bored with it or whatever. So Mm -hmm. 
I I do think that we're gonna we will start getting back slowly to more procedural stuff. I think that the the thing that I'm seeing more now is like I you know Stranger Things and the drop of an entire season is interesting and it was it's really cool sometimes. But give me that week to week drop. It's it's then we're talking about it for two or three months instead of just one weekend and then it's out of sight out of mind. And or why don't people? I mean, some indie ho- shutter just say have something come out week to week. That's it. Not on the streaming service. Catch it when it's on live. Make it an event. Make event television again. Well, that is kind of like Joe it's Bob. not going to be available yeah. for people X get, amount of time. People get together on Fridays, and some services, I guess, is gone unless you've got Shutter. But what you were saying is interesting, Mac, about the IP going back to procedural. Because if you look at like the success of Suits, mm-hmm. USA's Suits <laughs> was My on for like ten years. My I bet, Rachel. That's the point I'm making. Right it's, now, it's been it's been like the number one show on Netflix. <laughs> For like months, <laughs> this is the perfect example. Like, and it's a procedural show. And it's that's a what he says. Show. He's like, I want something I can turn my brain off. He's like, I don't give a fuck right. about lawyers. I just, exactly. it's like, it's just easy, and he can relax. It, and, chill. And, it's, and it was the yeah. week by week model. And and back to your point, Stranger Things has even dipped its toe into splitting things up because that last season was split up into two. Right. And the the smartest thing that they can do, because they've obviously got the audience. And Mike, I know you're gonna agree with this. If you're not going to do it week to week, release it like two or three episodes a week. Mm-hmm. So you can actually you know what show maintain this? discussion. The Purge TV show did this. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh, I literally just, I'm in the middle of the first episode of that because I finally finished yeah. all the Purge films. And I was like, good for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch this just to give it a shot because I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. The Forever Mac. Yeah. But that, that is the show that seems like one idea. Mm-hmm. But you can have seven storylines going and flesh it out. And, and you know, I mean, from all the different elements of and tiers of what happens in the purge films mm-hmm. and, and have that be really satisfying play out over 10 episodes, yeah. you know, and really dive into it. Now I haven't gotten further than I, like the first 30 minutes. All the years throughout the country, there's so much you can do with that. Exactly. That oh, well, and that's what happens. So like season one is separate from season two. Like oh, it's a different really? story. And I, I actually really liked it for that. I mean, it's a pur, you know, it's the purge franchise. Right, like right, I'm not right. expecting like some like. <laughs> but but the know. thing with the procedural Watching thing, succession is, season three. Yeah, it's, it's not quite the same. The oversaturation of the market with all of this content is has people begging for procedural because you yep. don't have to have seen the last yes. episode. You can just come in and be like, "Oh, cool." Uh, I just want to say, like, we're I'm rewatching the X Files, and it's great because I can take three months off before we watch yeah. this episode. And not feel like I missed something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- I just feel like if we can get back to that, you can still have through line shows, but give us some more procedural stuff because no one wants to try to remember every single thing about Like, it's almost killing television now, in my opinion. Well, think about, sh- think about the popularity and the longevity of shows. I mean, obviously, Law and Order is the biggest one. <laughs> but then right. even like more genre fare, you've got, mm. you know, evil You've got Bones, you know, mm. cast. These are all supernatural. procedural, supernatural, yeah. 15 fucking seasons of supernatural. Oh. Like, these are all yeah. procedural shows. Even X-Files mm-hmm. counts, yeah. I think. It does. And just it does. the totally. longevity yeah. of those shows 
and the dedicated fan base and just the rewatchability too, because it's like, oh, you just toss on one. It doesn't matter where you're at. Well, and the thing about that <laughs> is it's rewatchable because it is so procedural, right? Because yeah. I could name 40 or 45 like awful X-Files episodes, but the reason I would still be more likely to rewatch the X-Files than Game of Thrones roll the dice. is yeah, because yeah. they're all the dice. It's not like this is chapter one. It's just an episode. I mean, granted, right. there's obviously, you know, the, the myth episodes, but you can pop in and out of the X-Files, whereas it, I know how Game of Thrones ends. I know where Lost goes. I'm less likely to rewatch season two, episode seven of any of those shows. Totally. You know? it, it, is Ted yeah, Sarandos the, the, the dumbest motherfucker in this game right now? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, mean I, I hate to say that, but like, no, I don't hate to say that. The guy's a fucking scumbag. But like, I, the He's thing been a great sponsor to this pod, this Mike. Wonderful. I'm kidding. But I like, wish. you know, I even I love some Netflix money right now. Well, it's funny because it's like you you said that like Stranger Things four dipped its toes into it last year, which largely is because of the production woes that happened because of COVID and what have you. That's and true. because the season was what eight. eight it was a, it was a, the best thing to come shit. out of COVID yeah. was to break up the yeah. Stranger Things season four. But even right after that, Ted, you know, good old Ted was like, uh, "We're not going to go to the week to the week." Well, here's why, why? I, I never trust these top suits. Because most of them are fucking idiots. Like, why <laughs> your whole plan is subscription based? Why wouldn't you want if you have eight episodes, you mm-hmm. guarantee two fucking months of subscription alone on that, and then they could all stick around for your garbage inventory that you have behind you? But like, you guys, that's literally what I did for, with HBO for Sex yeah, in the City. hundred percent. It, it makes sense. And that sh- and that reboot or the latest season was garbage but you know what i watched every fucking episode that kept my subscription the entire time that's <laughs> why i've got only- hulu at two months at a time because i'm watching these hulu shows and they're perfect they know if you if you have a nine episode season you have to get three months but is netflix the only one that's you still know? doing this big drop thing because mo- most of the streamers yes, i could think of is right. just is yeah. done they're they've moved they've realized the, the science behind even it peacock and Par- even prime. Paramount, paramount yeah they all promise it mike if they're not doing week to week they're doing it at least like i proposed with not in bulk right they'll yeah. do like three two two or something like i that, had you know? to wait week to week for every episode of the last season of jack ryan on prime <laughs> Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> but you, you know, they got you for two and a half months. But hey, they kept me on there. And it's the same thing, funny enough, with like Paramount Plus. Yellow Jackets? I am watching. I did watch. Yeah, I Picard. did watch Yellow Jackets. But Anything. I am watching so much Star Trek. Yeah. But as soon as one's <laughs> over, generally one's coming on. And I'm like, I'm never going to get rid of this because I like it all. Yeah, but it's smart, right? Whereas Netflix, I can go months without watching it. Yeah. You know what else does that? Real House, the, all the Housewives shows, all the Housewives shows. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. I thought you were saying <laughs> Little House shows. Little House on the Prairie. Uh, little yeah. House in the City. Little House on the Town. Yeah, David Zaslav just came before and was like, you know, we're, we've got the House IP, so we're we're going to explore it. Chris Landon's taking over. What if it was Little House of the Prairie, but like House? You know the, the 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 horror movie house, but so it's like a oh, like the Hugh Laurie, little house yeah. on the Japanese prairie MD. One? Oh yeah, but no no, and then it's also a, a crossover with House MD. So it's little house <laughs> on the prairie MD. So you have house in there. You get house from. Well, actually, we could even triple or quadruple this. You little, talk about house. Little Hasu on house the prairie yeah. MD. So it's not only the the original house movie with. Uh, okay. William Bill Cat. Cat. The sweater. You, then you get the original <laughs> the Little Prairie IP. <laughs> then you get House coming back to, to do his doctor thing. And then you just have 
all the craziness that's part of Hauser. <laughs> so there, there's your oh. pitch. That's my pitch. I think there. Ted Serrano's just bought the rights. I hope so. And <laughs> this is replacing this is replacing Mike Flanagan once he goes to Amazon Prime. We, and he'll we, he'll we dump it. it on a Tuesday in February and then be yeah, like, "All right, moving entire, on." The entire series. Here's ten yeah. hours. Next, yeah, have fun. Anyway, fun diatribe. I always love just being able to poke the bear. But no, anyway. I love it. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles. And bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. No. Okay, next question, Don't you eat. guys. <laughs> Saranda's quaking. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, so if something is a success, as we've seen, right? There's a lot of these shows that are doing great, did great. And I'm thinking of Chucky here. Mm-hmm. Will a successful TV show run? deter a future feature film like, do you actually think we're gonna get another child's play film or is it just we've had a fun, well we've had a fun time in this episode and i think it's fair to say that we all like even love the chucky tv show right yeah and for years tv was beneath movies but now they're in a much more level playing field except for all the reasons that we've been mentioning <laughs> how tv is going down the tubes but i feel like when it comes to chucky that you know, due to the ongoing strikes, the valid strikes, by the way, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the valid strikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because of that, though, there has been little to zero buzz about this third season, and I would not be surprised if it gets canceled. Oof! Don't but, say it ain't so. But, 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 but I say all that to say, I do believe that Mancini would go back to the curse cult distribution model and and do another, you know, ninety minute movie here and there going forward. That would that would not deter me from continuing in that case. I'd still go on if, if that was the case. It's a rare, it's a rare model because it is. it's yeah. it's one of those. I was talking to Sammy about it because she was lo- just loving the series, and we just keep our jaws just keep hitting the floor when you just think about the origin of this franchise. I know, and how far they've taken it, and and it's it's now it's at the point where, and this is a rare position position to be in it, but it's earned because they've again for the last twenty five years they've been you know pushing the envelope and raising the ceiling and expanding the sandbox. I, I, I want this to go on as, as long as possible, even down to like, if Brad Durf is Brad Durf is, is into it. Like, even if he was like 98 years, 105 years old and he's on this deathbed and he's like, all right, look, we, you know, we'll just, we'll record you here. We're doing, we're doing Chucky. We're doing Chucky on Mars. I'm, I'm in. Because I don't care, like it's it's it's, it, it's gotten so ludicrous that I I'm, I'm all in because I keep earning it. But I can't say that for most, if not all, of the other franchises. And I think this I, this model of hey, do TV and film, TV and film. We've seen it with Marvel and Star Wars that that doesn't work. Like it's uh, it's too I mean, it's but, too uh, much. Like with stuff. Ash vs Evil Dead, though, you got the Evil Dead movie. Yeah, but it was a completely different thing. But, but it was separate. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Yeah. But but like, it worked. Uh, I don't know. But they were talking about like, oh, let's do Evil Dead Four with Ash, and I'm like, for me, who's a diehard, that's my second favorite franchise. I I don't see that working. Like, I right. you've already you've already established, especially given the bridge of time. Like, mm-hmm. you what was it? Ninety three. That's at Army of Darkness. So then, yeah. 2015 is when he comes back on the screen. Wild. Like you know, and he had video games and stuff in there, but. I think Same. once you did the TV thing, it's it's hard to me. It would be very hard for me to watch a movie, and I mean they're already teasing it, so who knows? But I well, could be wrong. You know, you had you had people like trying to follow that model, like 
uh, like Dune initially, right, was going to be like movie, TV series, hmm. movie, TV series. The Dark Tower. Were, the Dark Tower was going to do that too, right? It worked out really well, though. I, that stuff, <laughs> oh. yeah, that stuff hasn't worked. I, I, I don't see it necessarily being as like a deterrent if it in a in the way that like I'm a, I would be upset if the television sh- if the television show is good. I don't really care if it, if it's deterring another future film of it down the line if the show is really good. Yeah. If there's some shit show on of you know trying to look at something if there's something like I don't know talk to me the show. And You're but we're all like so can we get a second movie please yeah. like or something like that. But they're like no people this love this crap show that's on and it's in its fifth season that would suck i don't think that they'll have that issue but it's also it's also interesting because like with with chucky right like i don't know that's such a weird franchise i i i would love to see it as long as it's on but i'm also like when the show was over i don't think i need another movie i think i'd be like i'm done yeah. And satisfied, you know, like I, with that run and Brad Dorf and everything, I don't need to see him return. I don't need to see Chucky ever again because it's in that. And again, that's a rare thing. And we'll talk about it on the next thing, but mm. it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think there's some things that just once they live on TV, I think will stay there. Don't necessarily need to be a film again. Um, if it's good. Yeah. Fair. So I thought it was interesting. I was looking at all the films that you guys have covered over the years. And Halloween's the only franchise that you've covered that doesn't have a TV spinoff. Oh. Not yet, anyways. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Sounds like there might be something. Dun, dun, dun. I'm just curious. Like, Do you think there's a reason why that hasn't happened? Would you be interested in seeing something Halloween-related on TV? I think they've been fairly protective of this IP, which is so funny because... There's some of the worst horror movie sequels of all time are part of this franchise. Like <laughs> Resurrection is the literally the worst sequel of all time. Okay, all and right. I, I look that is th- I hate that fucking movie. And and the five is this the the trap where you're like, oh, we're back. And then and you you're I will probably watch it again this oh, year. I'm sure, I already started. And, I will, this. And, then, and then I will be like, oh, that's right. This movie sucks. I start, every time. Yeah. I always Justin, forget. I no, always forget. No lie. Like literally, like two weeks ago, it was on uh, AMC Fear Fest, and and. In addition to the, it will be right back that fills up uh, all the, the the blocks for commercials that you're not seeing locally. That it literally just plays the same sound clip on loop for probably two minutes. I realized about seventy five percent in the movie or sixty percent in the movie when everyone when it just becomes all screams. I was like, fuck, <laughs> like I can't do this anymore. Turn it off. But I say all this, but you know they they have been very protective of it because I do think that there's this sort of. I'd like to say that oh well, it's prestigious, you know, it's you know Halloween's up there with the, the the best of them, but really it's because it's still a box office bread maker. Like people want to, sh- I mean, every horror hound out there that doesn't see the 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 ingenuity of Halloween ends will sit, will probably still admit like, well, yeah, I mean, it made like <laughs> it still made close to a hundred million dollars worldwide. Like that's that's huge, and so yeah. they, it, you know, I think they, I think they've largely saved off any sort of t- TV IP because they want to keep this an event. And one of the other, uh, you know, addendums to this is that the model 
doesn't wasn't sustainable for like 80s television, 90s television, aughts television. I really do think that it's not until this era where they can say, look, this show is going to be on for just the fall. Yep. For, for two yeah. months, you're going to get like maybe four or five episodes and then we're done and you'll come back next year. I think that, you know, I don't want that, but I think that makes more sense now than it ever has before. So that's my yeah. long-winded way of saying it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I had a pitch for Halloween. Take the idea of Halloween 3, where it was going to be an anthology. And you could do it like Freddy's Nightmares in the sense that you could have have it be called like Halloween season of the whatever. Have the season be all witch stories, all whatever stories. But you always have one episode that ties in the shape. Or, I mean, that's, that cool. is my yeah. idea where it's like John Carpenter presents, he's doing this thing right now. Why doesn't he just do John Carpenter presents Halloween? Nah, we're okay with that. But it's it, well, you know, I'm just saying like, yeah, or you just call it Haddonfield. Haddonfield High. Whatever. But, it, yes. but, but ultimately it's, you can do what they originally want to do. It's always Halloween. Every episode's Halloween, and it's always a different thing. And you, you, hey, guess what? Just have it be a special or something, right? Like on every single Halloween, it's it's one new story with the shape or whatever, and it takes place. You can do it different times, different whatever, or have it be like Tales of the Shape, right? So Legends it's always someone else's version, Myers. someone else's version, or someone else's Michael's director. Nightmares. Someone, uh, some other director's vision of what the shape would be. So it's never, you're never pissing off fans because you know from the get go, it's never going to be the shape, except for the series finale, would be the actual Michael. I I think I'll be Dan's spokesperson on this episode is the, the best, arguably the best use of this IP that they ever did at the end of the day was that comic book series mm-hmm. that yeah. what's yeah. the author's name again? I always I forget. I can't remember, but All right, it, anybody listening, he did, the, he did the death of Laurie Strode comic yeah. series. He also did a bunch of other ones where it follows like just survivors or people that we were introduced to in the various Halloween movies and their aftermath. And they mostly involve an encounter with the shape, but they're not just ABC storytelling. They, they vary in how they're told. I mean, that would be the best way to do this but unfortunately we're 45 years removed from the first halloween or even god almighty help god help us all we're like 35 years removed from return of michael myers so it's too late for any of that like it works great on the printed page but to do that now without those familiar faces literally i don't i just don't think it works but yeah i i think the the one that i keep pitching over and over again, especially when it was supposed to go to the the hands of A24, which I just am so... I'm really actually bummed out about that because I do think that if there was going to be a swing to be made in this franchise, yeah, it, I think A24 was certainly going to be more open to it. And the greatest swing and the only avenue that I would be even remotely... At this point, would be even remotely interested in is... And I've been sound, I sound like a broken record, but it's the Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski pitch that they did in like I think 2012 or something like that they they wrote hellraiser but their idea was basically that you'd have you don't need you know michael myers the shape has become sort of like a creepypasta like legend and it's not just relegated to haddonfield it just could be any small town across the world 
and not across the world, but across the nation, like any small town, small Midwestern town, or maybe even a city. But the idea was that it, you know, he was very stealth. He was so stealth that you never knew where he was going to be. You never knew how he was going to attack. You never knew just where he was when he wasn't on screen. And that was the original conceit of Halloween. Like, you know, say what you will about the, 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 the shape surviving things, but most of Halloween is he's able to be capable of getting around because he's so secretive about it and he's so, mm-hmm. he's so clever. And I think their idea of avoiding any sort of supernatural elements to it is just the fact that he's just fucking cunning. I mean, it's the way they likened it to No Country for Old Men is where my ears perked up. Because if you think about that movie, you know, Sugar manages to just kind of move like the wind, which is what, how John Carpenter's always described the shape. So if you did that, you know, I think the year to year thing would be cool. Like every other, maybe every two years, you get a different, you know, the same shape, different story. You, but now that I'm thinking about it, like you could do a season like that where it's like, all right, you get five episodes in this one town and you get to kind of you learn, you know, really know the characters kind of to the point that we were discussing earlier, where it's like, if you don't really get that much time to spend with a lot of characters, you're not going to care about them. And, now, since it's going to be anthological in that se- that sense, you don't you could have a little bit more runway to spend some time with these, these these folks. So I I would love it if that was the series that we got, but it's in the hands of Miramax, and so we're probably going to get like Halloween Resurrection two and whatever. <laughs> well, so a lot of the stuff you mentioned, Mike. Speaking of, sh- we haven't really talked about this because it hasn't happened yet. And honestly, with all the the new scandals coming out around, it's it's a showrunner, the Friday Thirteenth series. Which is A twenty four produced, and which they which the creator has hinted at doing anthological style where it's not just going to take place in succession at the camp. Like yeah. you will eventually have an adult Jason, and there will be parts where it's young Jason. And then I think there is a lot to do there with, and that's why I feel like A twenty four. Speaking of swings, like that's why I would agree that if you're if if, if Halloween had gone to A twenty four, I would have been much more interested than. It going to Miramax. It would also would be the equivalent of David Gordon Green directing a Halloween movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's it's hard to like you think about like Freddy or not Freddy. You think about Jason and Michael, and it's hard to sustain <laughs> that you know literal shape and just like lurking figure. It's hard like you think about how that would translate to a TV, and it makes sense what they're doing with Camp Crystal Lake because it's bouncing around. It's a prequel, different time periods because. Just having Jason lurk around for the, you know, what, eight hours minimum? Yeah. Like that's that, tough to maintain. That gets tiresome. And you think mm-hmm. the same thing about, like, Michael, just, like, the mask. And that works so well in a singular contained episode. But how do you stretch that out and evolve that and make that interesting? It's a lot harder. So it's, like, that super recognizable iconography and strong character that works so well in film, generally – at least in terms of appeal, mm-hmm. like that's not going to, it's not going to be enough <laughs> for television. You're going to lose steam, literally. Like people are literally going to be like, I'm tired. I can't keep running. Like I just got to like sit down for a minute. <laughs> or even at a certain point, it dulls the senses. You're just yeah. kind of like, eh, this, it just doesn't stand I've out. I've seen anymore. this. So like, yeah. all right, like moving Done. on. It's redundant. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super interesting. And that's probably why some of these, 
shows like that, like even Scream, I think it's, it's hard to maintain the interest. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you yeah. do with this guy? So. Works for 90 minutes or maybe two hours, you know? Yep. Okay, you guys. Um, we've seen a lot of horror things on this and there are, I mean, we look at this list and for better or for worse, there's a lot of horror projects that have been adapted to television a lot that we didn't even mention because frankly they're not really worth mentioning but that's okay and i guess i'm just curious like why do you think horror films are such good candidates for this kind of treatment and you know just what other genres typically become top contenders well i think people like to be scared in general i think that's why i mean think about horror has been has been ruling the box office for the last i don't know hundred years at this point like no matter the ebbs and flows comic book movies come and go the horror movies will just feel like they're always successful on the big screen so why not try to translate that and move it to tv now like you said rachel you know the batting average is extremely low (laughs) but but to be fair that's also the case for a lot of ip shows based on movies you know so i think that's the main reason cheap yeah. yeah, I mean, when, when you think about every other genre, you're going to have to like, comedy is hard as hell, not to make, but also to write. And drama requires some sort of star. Like you need star power, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to go and re- recreate it. Like I was really thinking about the, the, just the broader movie to TV. And, you know, in my, my all-time top five, it's like Friday Night Lights is like probably like three or four. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why that hooked me in was not just the IP, but it was, it was some of the talent that was involved in it. And knowing that like, Oh, okay. Then you know, director Peter Berg is part of this. He's going to direct the, the, the mm-hmm. pilot. You know, I've seen this guy uh, that, you know, this, uh, this, this strange guy that was in a sitcom, you know, in the nineties. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give this a try. And it really worked, but I don't think it would have worked if you didn't have that, a lot of the talent that actually were probably taking a pay cut to do this. And if it, if they didn't take that pay cut, it probably would have cost them a, a fucking arm and a leg to pull this off. And I think with horror, and I think one of the reasons why every studio is chasing it now and why, it, you know, not, not only because it just amounts to like 10 to 15% of the box office year to year, but because it's so easy to do, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, that's not to say it's easy to make a great movie. It's not, but it's easy to pull it off and, and, and get that low, hit that low bar at the very least. So I think that's probably why they're like, all right, let's, let's dust off. If we have the IP, then we have a head start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to your next point on there, I think the other thing that I think is a top contender would is science fiction. Right. Yeah. Because it's so bizarre and some of it has this infinite nature to it. And then on top of that, so much of that is shot with zero set green screen. And the way that technology is today and CG and television budgets, it looks really good. And, you know, I think they're like, oh, well, we don't have to, you know, I mean, I'm all about creating tangible sets and stuff, but I'm saying I think that it lends itself to television because you don't, need a lot i mean you need a lot of you know creative involvement on the cg side but but there's also so much to mine because usually those stories are massive you know what i mean 
I, I would also say fandom, just pure fandom and like nostalgia for things. Think about like how passionate yeah. horror fans are. Like what, how many, I mean, what other genres have huge conventions, right? Like it's pretty limited to mm-hmm. like which ones are having conventions and bringing people out like that. And then you didn't go to the English patient. I didn't reunion? go to, you know, I didn't go to the, <laughs> the romantic comedy the convention. <laughs> like, yeah. No, thank you. And then just like, think about like Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like fueled by nostalgia. Oh yeah. That's a hundred percent. And there's so many other shows like that. And, you know, same thing for better or for worse, but horror has that. And that's something huh? that we've seen so many times. And the shows that we do get, even when they like the Grease show, I know it got canceled, but Rise of the Pink like, Ladies. There was a lot of people that were really stoked about that. My I, my sister has told me that there's a High School Musical series, and yeah, you, you know, even like the Dark Crystal one that came out a few years ago. So these are all things oh, so that good. it's like they wouldn't have great. existed. Yeah. Oh, God, you guys, I just remembered there was a Willow series. That's it's gone. There, it might as well never existed. <laughs> it's been That's removed. sad. But that never would have existed without just like, oh, the f- people love this. Right. People love this. <laughs> That's the fantasy crowd, too. Mm-hmm. That was a decision of another billionaire genius, Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. So let's, I'll, I'll stop there. These, these, <laughs> these billionaires need to save their taxes. Yeah, I think really, the problem know. with that is <laughs> deciding, does this need to be a television series yeah. or a very short, fun, nostalgic movie entry on our platform. Right. Like Willow should have just been Willow 2 and mm. just been a movie. Hocus yeah. Pocus 2. Because there's enough there and there's enough continuity and there's series. enough people coming back where that could have been interesting for yeah. two hours or an hour and 45 minutes. But stretching it out over and trying to appeal to a whole new generation while also appeasing the old, it, it was, it just did not, it didn't work. It didn't yeah. work. I, well, the thing is with the reason they do that at the end of the day, this is just the facts is that they don't care how long their shows are. They don't care if they should maybe be 30 minutes shorter or four episodes you know, fewer. Right, right. Because all they care about Numbers. is they're getting information that, that you are on their service. For how long, yeah. Yes, that's all they care about. I mean, that's not all they care about, but it's a lot. That's of all they, they care, care about. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the people who are behind the scenes, that's all they care about. It's, it's a big puzzle piece of just these realities that we know and, and and unfortunately have to contend with. Like I was thinking a lot about the rights issues for Halloween and we, we were kicking it around on, on whatever text threads or Caffrey was on. Cause the, the two of us always love to just chit chat about Haddonfield, but it does really depress me. And I think, I think the, 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 the pulse on this across the, the, the web even is just that, yeah, like you just released a movie called ends. Like none of this yeah. means anything anymore, and I think there there is on a, on a long enough timeline that's going to get old. Like especially in horror, when the monster is seemingly infinite, that's a problem. Like, well, Mike, you know, on the flip side of that, even with the heroes, yeah, there were, I had never seen anything more cynical in my life than than the post credits for No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, that's you true. Yeah, we yes. can spoil this right now. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, right? Yeah, I didn't well, even James watch it. Bond dies, and mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, that's the dumbest dramatic turn ever." And then the post credits <laughs> end that says James Bond will return <laughs> because it doesn't mean anything. Because James yeah. Bond, you can't really kill James Bond. You can reboot it, but it was so cynical. Yeah, that's such a and good I was example. Just like that is so 
awful. And I was just t- so turned off. And of all the offensive things that that franchise, God bless it, has done over the years, I've never been more offended as a viewer. Like, <laughs> you really just don't give a shit. You that don't care. out of everything, out of all but the films, that's that even is worse offensive. than a certain scene in in a, on the Marriage of Secret Service, and even worse than the banana scene. I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Well, I was be- just I said it. I could I could not believe the fuck you. Here's drama for the sake of drama, and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. And we're literally telling you. It, we're literally telling you what you just experienced or what you were supposed to experience meant nothing. It's like Fast and it Furious. Really Dom happen. never dies. Dom never. But at loses. least, but at least Dom. Yeah, at least we, we don't see Dom literally die, and it says Dom Toretto will return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least it doesn't do that. Give well, me this. Credit. A lot of other characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, but that's look. I hold. I hold. Well, look, I love my Fast series, but right? like, I hold. I hold that to a different level well, than no one, the James Bond series. You know? The co-star. The co-star. You know, one of the stars of that movie took the the title of the series to heart. So. No. Well, here's the thing. Horror movies, this is why horror movies are successful on that same plane, is because in comic books and all these things that we're just talking about, like there's no stakes because everyone always comes back, good guys and bad guys. Horror films, the good guys are usually dead. The bad guy always (laughs) comes back, and it's Mm -hmm. always been like that. So it's an accept, you accept it. That doesn't piss me off when it's Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah, and then we have new beginning, and then we have you know I mean like it it doesn't matter. I'm not as precious about that. Like with Halloween ends, it's the end of that trilogy. Yeah, but I know that he's he is always going to come back. I it's never going to be the last one. But as horror fan, I feel like you kind of know that you kind of accept that, and it might be the end of a particular run or a director's run or an actor's run, but you always are like yeah, they're going to come back with some point with you know. I wish it was more earned. Like I was, you know, watching the the second season of Chucky. I didn't mind the fact that we knew that he was going to come back because this, the 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 franchise has already allowed itself and afforded itself to to basically be a. It's not so much stakeless, but it, because there is some stakes, but the stakes are certainly fueled by sort of the creative swings that Don Mancini is. In that case, I'm more excited now to see what we're going to do next. Like, what could we possibly do with this fucking franchise? Halloween is not that case because as we saw in the David Gordon Green, you know, David Gordon Green trilogy, you're trying to make something serious and emotional and effective in a franchise where you have literally three other timelines and You've already done this fucking story well, Mike, that's twenty years thing. before, like because that goes back to my James Bond point. Yeah, is yeah, that man. James Bond is going to now reboot itself and become something new with the same IP. Halloween is now going to reboot itself with the same IP, but Chucky is going to continue. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, a, there's yeah. more imagination. I've got more trust in that, as opposed to laziness of. Well, wasn't that emotional? Well, let's just kind of restart it, or we'll dismiss entries two through four, and we'll keep going. Like it's not—that's not what Mancini yeah, is up to. I, which I, is what um, I appreciate. Uh, Mancini's singular. I—I'm done with the. Let's ignore these movies that s- probably someone loves, and just to be a sequel to this, or just be a sequel to that. And I feel like one of the Please. one of the first people to start do that was. Uh, was singer with with Superman Returns, mm. you know, like and and, yeah. and 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 I'm saying that's a bad thing. Like I was excited about that at the time because I was like, oh, cool, that's a cool idea. But I'm just done with it. Just write an original thing. 
Give me new stories. I don't, if it's the same villain, that's fine, but do something new with it. Don't have it connected to the prior material. It's never going to be as good as that stuff. And now you're just souring it by attempting to connect it to the original material. Like just have, and, and, and again, this is not, this is not the creator's fault. Usually it's like we were saying, like Justin was saying earlier about the IP thing. How can you connect it to the IP? How can you connect it to this? How can you connect it to this incredibly popular thing that happened 20 years ago? Instead of just letting the IP name stand alone and doing something new with it, no one's taking these chances. And I don't know why, because it's not like any of these things have been like just constantly knocking it out of the park every time. Like, no. So wouldn't that lead them to believe that maybe you should just take a chance on these creators and let them try new things with old franchises? Because that is the law. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tie it back to Halloween somehow. <laughs> what a shit! What a shit era we're in. <laughs> just, I, I don't want to. I don't need to go through this again. I already just depressed everyone in the thread. But like, just the realization that like we need these IPs. They have to keep coming back. We could mm-hmm. possibly come up with anything more. It's just. Oh my well, Mike, well, I have to keep re- reminding you in private and public, and even myself at times, is that. I could live to be 90 years old oh, and I will yeah. still never see everything I want to oh, see. Oh, I agree. So I, there's still I hate so that. much out. It but stresses still, me but, out. But, but it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It is a like, good thing. God, yeah. Even if there's nothing good that comes out for the next 50 years, I will still never catch up on the stuff from the last 100 years, you know? So it's, I got to keep telling myself that or I'll drive myself crazy. That is true. It's, it's again, it's the, the zeitgeist I, I weep feeling. for the new generation, but I mean, yeah, they're fine. Uh, they're fine. You know, okay. But, but even then, it's the same <laughs> argument for them. They're going to be able to mine a ton of stuff. It's just like I was watching Lost Boys last night. Speaking of failed TV pilots, they tried to do that oh, a thousand Lord. times over they, the last 10 years. And then those sequels. Did you watch the sequels? Oh, I watched Oof. both. <laughs> oh, man, they are rough. Hey, you know what? They do, Speaking of Chucky, they, do, they sure as hell do go to the White House at one they, point. Oh, God, it's just a, it's a nightmare. But I was watching it, and because we were supposed to see it at the Alamo, but you know, who knew that we were going to get hay fever, like we're in the fucking Oregon Trail this weekend. It was this, I don't know. You bring it back we, like typhoid fever? We went to, fever we went to this overpriced Dysentery. fucking pumpkin <laughs> patch. Diphtheria? Right. <laughs> the one time I actually wrote a negative review on anything, and I, of course, maybe I was cursed by that negative review, but it just, but even then, when we were at the pumpkin patch, I could, Sammy was just like, ah, oh, God, my eyes hurt, and like my, and then, you know, and she started coughing. I was like, eh, this isn't good. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> and not knowing that, oh, five days later, she was going to get, you know, hay fever. The first case of hay fever yeah. in 55 years. Yeah, I'm going to get typhoid uh, tomorrow. Yeah, typhoid or, might or, be coming, or I'm measles. I'm coming down with the bubonic plague. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, there's the doctors are kind of like agent <laughs> agent one thousand. I mean, I don't even know uh, what to tell you. But the anyway, bubonic plague. <laughs> the bubonic plague. But anyway, we were watching Lost Boys, and I was thinking like, this would have been so fucking great to had witnessed the zeitgeist of this. And that's what I. Miss. I remember. I'm old enough to remember it as a kid. Oh yeah. Well, you're seven years old, and I was 17. Riding no, your riding your motorcycles <laughs> like the guys in their Lost Boys. No, but I remember but it was just it was it was it was like one of the it was like an ultimate MTV movie. Like there were specials. Yeah. The, the music videos were always on. The trailers were always on. It was just even if even kids my age in elementary school we couldn't see it, but we knew about it, and it's like we kind of yeah. lived through it, you know. But that's what bums me out, and that's yeah. what bums me out about the current the current 
cultural climate we're in. Like it's even, you know, we were, I was supposed to see Psycho on Sunday and you look back and I'm obsessed with that movie and you look at just the rollout for that film and those giant, like, like a bulb, neon bulb signs that they had to actually create. It's not a digital thing. You could just upload it. It's a fucking sign that someone had to literally create for probably weeks on end. And then you had the the cardboards that were saying you can't be admitted until the things. There was a special notion and a fever and an energy that's in the air, and you could still feel it with the movie. But god damn it, do I not think about like I wish we had that? And we do get it in in, in points in, in in bursts. Like Oppenheimer, this this Oppenheimer and Barbie this this summer felt like a legitimate event in that style, and I hope we get more of those. That's the thing. That's the lesson I wish Hollywood would take right now. As to be like, hey, look, this was a cultural touchstone. Interesting. Maybe you focus know, Mike, on that. I feel like the, the Barbieheimer experience, not to tie it all back together, that might be the equivalent of you know Chucky being the exception to the rule for so many of these failed IP I shows. I agree. Yeah. Know, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how you... That might just be a, like, like a shooting star. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what depresses me. <laughs> well... All oh right, well. you guys. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I love horror Sorry, movies. old man yelling at Cloud <laughs> right here. Um, but yeah, Chucky's great. and Yeah, Astros, that's a good thing. Slam dunk, Astros <laughs> Evil Dead. Uh, yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think, you know, we've picked apart a lot of projects, thrown around a lot of opinions here, and I think we can all agree that no matter what happens, there's going to be no shortage of TV shows coming out adapted from horror movies <laughs> that's we, right we have not seen the last of this there will be more coming we've seen the last of us but not yeah. the last of this mm-hmm. and who knows who knows what could be next but i think that we can all agree that if they do a Wishmaster series it's Ugh. it's div off or bust yeah. Cast oh, i mean <laughs> as we've learned from as we've learned from Wishmasters three and four it is absolutely div off or bust you're yes. right yes so take note and i think it's safe that we take off our producers caps for a little bit i did want to say for anyone interested in hearing a little bit more from literally everybody here except me and their ideas on what they think would make a good tv show what movie would make a good tv show go back scroll back in time and listen to the app on 10 horror movies that deserve a tv series because i think it's super fun you guys had some great ideas and I think it's a good companion to this. So yeah. you can listen to both back to back. Was I on that episode? You, all so. three of yeah. you were. Wow, it's such a blur. I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, like, should we all say what movie? That, and I was like, wait, we've done that before. Was yes. that last year? It was when it was because Evil Dead. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, leading up yeah. to Ash versus Evil Dead. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That was a year ago. Yeah. I know. Time right? flies. Yeah, yeah it was so. last year. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Like I said, it's all a blur. It's all mm-hmm. a blur. Okay, so Justin, what else do we have coming up on Halloweenies this month? Oh my God! Well, Mike, when is this episode coming out? Because October is uh, is a madhouse. It's a verifiable madhouse. I know, and it's fading away, unfortunately. Sitting with fucking hay fever. It's coming out on the twenty third, which is the night that we're doing our watch along. Actually, oh nice. I was gonna say because we've got obviously Halloween four. We're doing a watch along. Um, Patreon subscribers can can we'll be able to sign in. Zoom, yeah. isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the month, we, we, we've been teasing it. Maybe even strong. Maybe a stronger word is is necessary. We are going to be covering the first half of Chucky season three, which is which will have aired by the time that episode comes out. So it, it really did actually work out well this year, as opposed to yeah. Evil Dead Rise not coming out until yeah. the, the year after the season for Evil Dead. 
So that worked out well. Awesome. Roller coaster year. If <laughs> to put it oh, like in terms of just like coverage of what we're, we're, you know, getting at, like we covered yeah. scream and evil dead this year. And and the Jones franchise. Yeah. I, I and just this month like, alone, we're doing Friday 13th, Chucky and Halloween. Yeah. 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 Fucking nuts. Wild. All right, Mike, what's going on with the Losers Club? Well, similar. It's uh, just a whirlwind over there. We've, we just unlocked our Blair Witch episode because, you know, we needed a break. And uh, also, everyone was debating online whether it's a good movie. And I was like, okay, here you go. And then this week, we've got Fair Extension and A Good Marriage to finalize our Full Dark No Stars coverage. Justin, did you lead that last episode? I or did. Was, Rachel okay. was on that, too. Yeah, okay. oh, you're both on that, yeah. And Jen Adams. How long was that episode? Is it like a three and a half hour thing? It was, no, no, it was only a couple hours, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Long, but not <laughs> okay. crazy long. Yeah. All right. It was, it was, it was an 80 page short story. So naturally it was two hours. <laughs> two long. Hours. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we're rounding it up with a discussion uh, with Sadie Hartman and her new book, which I believe is titled 101 Books to Read Before You're Murdered. So, and that's a, mm-hmm. that'll be with Caffrey oh. and Jen. Book number one was like Oliver Twist, like nothing horror related. It was just <laughs> yeah. like 1984. <laughs> yeah, like, like this. Yep. Great book. Like the, the Tempest. S- the 17th Goosebumps book. <laughs> like, all right. Slappy Returns or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mac, anything else you want to plug? Do you want to tell me where your little Valak figurine is? Oh, yeah. Valak's <laughs> lurking moved. around. Valak has, uh, <laughs> is, is, in, is in the home somewhere. But honestly... Goosebumps dropped on a uh, Disney Plus. So check it out. Uh, we we uh, find out. Slappy Bob does Iger. return. Slappy does return, and uh, and I hope I sent them the correct address. Uh, and uh, uh, that check will be coming in the mail shortly. I me. just found out Bob Iger reached out individually to Mac for promotion for, for Goosebumps hey, on Disney Plus. Heard you're a big Bumps fan. Yeah. Sorry, I'm burning money right now. I couldn't Hi, hear your Mac, response. Um, Will you help? Would you like to go on a ride in a, in a little cruise ship? You know, Iger, Iger showed up and I said, welcome I, to Dead House. I couldn't buy the sun, so I guess I'll come back to Disney. Did you, if you, if, sorry for all the vitriol behind me. Those are those plebeian riders that I haven't paid. <laughs> Sorry, making a billion dollars to, to to remove TV shows from services. <laughs> Congratulations, Bob Iger. We- he actually came with the original uh, the 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 tapes for Willow's season and dropped them off here. I'm, like, I have them safe keeping- in my closet. <laughs> you have Hold them. Valak is watching them. <laughs> oh, we kid. That's behind no, the we door don't. with Valak. No, I murdered the. Walt created the imagination. I'm murdering I murdered it. it. <laughs> Why would he be confessing this to Mac over the phone during his? So, can you promote Goosebumps TV show? Well, I heard you I, plug I killed Goosebumps. Disney's dream. No one else did. Uh, let me get in your corner. Um, anyway, oh my! Even no. the outros go off the rails. It's, I mean, to be expected. All right. Well, I think that's it. I got nothing to plug. So, without no, you, for, what about but, uh, the boys? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm oh sure. yeah. A show that does work, that does promote itself in interesting ways. There you go. You can listen to me and Jen Adams. We've got a podcast called The Girls on the Boys, where we talk about the boys. A great show that's it. killing it. So and even Gen V, a spin-off show that is somehow working. I don't know. It's wild. So you can hear that over on the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad. You want to check that out. We're always potting. 
I mean, always potting. Oh yeah, yeah. Pod is pod life. Ends. Pod pod is life. Pod life. Yeah. You know, just just like invasion of the body snatchers. Pod pod is life. We are the pod people. <laughs> we are the pod people. <laughs> okay, so without further ado, you guys, this is the end, friends. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>